0: My name is Jordana Thigpen. I'm the executive director, and I have a new permanent home up here by popular request of the commissioners because they wanted to be able to see me because some of them couldn't see me before in case some of you are wondering um, why I'm sitting up here. I didn't get a promotion. I just am up here. So. <laughs> well, promotion as a commissioner. That, that didn't occur. Um, okay, so uh, tonight um, I am joined by... Um, Buck Delventhal, who is sitting in as our city attorney, city attorney with many years experience, um, also um, investigator Scott Leon and Tamara Odisho from my office and Sergeant Reynolds and Lieutenant Schlotz of the San Francisco Police Department. <coughs> I would like to read in motion regarding cellular technology. Um, if you do have a cellular technology, please be advised that the ringing of and use of cell phones, pagers, and similar sound producing devices are prohibited at this meeting, Please be advised that the chair may order the removal from the meeting room of any person responsible for the ringing or use of a cell phone, pager, or other similar sound-producing electronic device. So please turn them off and put them in airplane mode or whatever you need to do, but vibrate isn't going to cut it. Okay, uh, the, we do have, um, well, first of all, the call to order and roll call. President Gillespie? Here. Vice President Breslin? President. Commissioner Benjamin, here. Commissioner Neto, here. Commissioner Pack, Present. Commissioner Suval, here. And we did suffer a loss of Commissioner Slaughter. He is um, he's still around and alive, uh, but he's not on the commission anymore. So, um, you know, he's no longer with us here at the commission. So, that was a loss. We wish him the best of luck. Um, so, we do have some changes in the agenda. Item um, Item Two will be um, moved. Right you want to do you want me to announce the next item? Yes, item. okay,
1: because there are people here and it, yeah
0: so we're going to move item three uh, to the top of the agenda, which is consideration <coughs> of P 16 permit applicant Andrew Siniko's qualifications to receive a P16 permit, and this is an action item.
1: Um, based on some conversations that I've had with the uh, commissioners and members of the staff. Uh, there has been a request for a continuance from the attorney in this case. There's also been some sentiment that this should perhaps, uh, be heard by a hearing officer, uh, in San Francisco where we normally hear these kinds of cases that have factual disputes, uh, where there's some level of detail. And so that's gonna be my recommendation, uh, is that this is, this case is referred to the hearing officer. Now, as I understand it, there is, uh, a relatively quick opening uh, for this to be heard in October, the early part of October. So it would pretty much be within uh, our power to do this here tonight, assuming that it was amenable to the uh, Mr. Sunaika and his attorney, um, and it's amenable to the, my fellow commissioners. So first I'll just ask Mr. Alexander um, whether that would be something that you'd be willing to uh
2: uh, yes, I think that would be uh, an excellent suggestion that I go to a hearing officer because this is detailed, uh, eye-glazing in some respects and uh, I think that's an appropriate uh, venue to air these things out. Also, the other reason for my continuance was, my request was that items that we had filed with the commission office with the expectation that they would be supporting documents for Mr. Sineiko, You may recall the last time he was here on July 22nd there was a specific request that he submit something in writing. What I placed before you, some of you may have received by email or received portions of it by email. I didn't have Commissioner Suvall's email address so I, I don't think we ever even sent it to her. But those are documents that were filed with the commission office on the date indicated that were specifically responsive to the issues raised in the original July 16th uh, report from uh, Mr. Leon and the Sioux which report has essentially been republished whole cloth and posted on the website uh, in anticipation of this meeting and I think it is unfair to the public back here not to have access to those online. Okay. People at home. Well Uh,
1: I think uh, it's just a lot of these factors that have come together. the voluminous nature of your submission, a lot of the factual things that are in dispute uh, makes it more appropriate that this be held in more of a uh, the kind of a setting that we can do with our hearing officer. So as long as it's that's fine with you, and I think, is there any discussion among commissioners or is there any consensus here?
3: I think it's very appropriate. Um, I, I did neglect to say earlier, I, I do think um, we want to make sure the hearing officer knows we want to expedite. Um, the, the findings right. so that they come back to us um, you know, within a reasonable amount of time.
1: Thank you. Okay. We understand that that's the situation here is that it's a granting of a medallion. So.
4: Um,
5: yeah, I, I agree that uh, also that I think it would be a good process to do that for hearing officers to take care of this matter and if it necessary it can, the case can come to us.
1: Thank
2: you, Commissioner. And as, and as I understand the process, the hearing officer will make findings, which will be placed before the board as a recommendation right. to be adopted. And or we will not. either
1: adopt or reject. And then yes. if we reject, we would rehear it, but it will come back to us for
2: a final decision. So. How will we be notified of the date?
1: Um, well, I'll have our office be in touch with you in the next. Yeah, it'll,
0: it'll be October 3rd. That's the soonest I, I have. We have four hearings this Friday, September 19th. We're full. September 26th, the hearing is not here, so October 3rd is the first date. I would have put it on sooner if we had had a date prior.
2: As long as we've agreed October, October is not too bad. So.
0: Additionally, um, we don't currently have any uh, procedures in place for these hearing of applicant cases. And I'm proposing on the 23rd that the commission adopt the same procedures for hearing medallion applicant cases as it currently has in place for actual permittees. So in that case, there would be additional briefing rights um, for Mr. Suneco such that he would be allowed um, the procedures that are currently in place under MPC 1188 which allow for 10-page submission. So um, assuming the commission is interested in adopting that on the 23rd, you may want to be interested in preparing yourself for the hearing in accordance with the procedures established in Municipal Police Code Section 1188. Mr. Alexander.
2: Well, thank you. We're, we're actually prepared right now, but I have a, I've stated my reasons. Okay, right, thank, thank you.
1: Me. And let me just apologize to Lieutenant Schlotz and, and Scott Leone, who came to testify here tonight and realized that, we realize that that you were here to do on uh, this tonight and I'm sorry that you had to come down and hopefully you'll be available when it goes to the hearing officer okay right. we need to take public comment on this because it is agendized item so we'll take public comment for one minute however just be aware that it will not be heard tonight is there any public comment on this seeing none public comment is closed okay thank you agenda item 2
0: Agenda item two is staff report and commissioner announcements. So, um, commissioners, I did um, provide you with staff report. Um, I also wanted to highlight um, that we had some uh, compliments for some um, drivers. Just before I go into the um, staff report and uh, highlight a couple of things, um, I sent um, attached some of them in the uh, in the packet. But additionally, I did receive one yesterday from Yellow Cab. Regarding cab number 373, um, it was a driver uh, who returned a lost item, a phone, to a customer. And so that individual should be highlighted. Um, he did do that yesterday. So we don't know his name. Hal didn't put his name in here. Maybe next time he will. Um, additionally, uh, we I want to highlight um, Regents cab number 229. Last evening I had excellent service from him personally, so I wanted to highlight him. I don't know his name because it was a quick ride. Um, So I just want to highlight we so often hear a lot of complaints. Yes, um, Steve is one of your drivers. Um, So we do hear a lot of complaints. And so if people have good service, members of the public that are watching, please send the compliments to us. We do want to highlight people that are providing good service and not just dwell on complaints. We would very much appreciate that. And company owners are encouraged to do the same. Um, additionally, regarding the staff report, um, we, I have Sergeant Reynolds here, but he's going to be giving a more um, fuller report later on, um, so he, he will reserve his comments for that time. Um, let's see. We, uh, we might be postponing the Charter Reform Working Group meeting on the 25th, um, so just to be advised for everyone. Rules Committee, we do not have um, a meeting scheduled yet. But we're working on um, that uh, and hopefully getting a guest to speak of workers' compensation. Um, let's see, open forum, I was going to have it this Friday at 2 o'clock, but uh, I, may, I may not be able to have it due to the fact that we have four disciplinary hearings on Friday. Um, it's, there's just quite a few. Uh, I haven't approved any new taxi wraps. Um, the MTA's Taxi Advisory Group has been meeting. Um, Several of the members are actually here in the audience this evening. It's a great group, and we've had a productive discussion so far. Uh, So that's continuing on. Um, We have not had any Board of Appeals hearings recently. Uh, Superior Court, Robert Friedman's case, is there. Um, We have a lot of 311 complaints. We'll go into that in more detail. And um, we are continuing to process many medallion applications. We are still in the process of issuing the 69 medallions that were approved in the first part of this year. Uh, Let's see, we're still waiting for some decisions. Um, Mr. Rahimi is into his second action with the commission. Very troublesome. Uh, And I've attached also an economic barometer. This is not uh, just so people cannot be confused, this is not the uh, fair report that the controller has promised us and promised us some time ago. We are still waiting for that. I will be drafting a letter and writing a letter tomorrow asking where is this report as we are very interested in receiving it as I know many of you in the audience and many of you watching at home are interested in receiving it. So we'll be asking the controller for that report. This is just an economic analysis of the city to get a little picture of where it is. These are issued regularly by the controller's office. And I believe that's it, unless anyone has any questions for me about anything?
1: Any questions, commissioners?
3: Yes. um, First of all, congratulations. You're going to be uh, presenting on a panel at the IATR. Could you tell me a little bit about what you're
0: presenting? Yeah. um, the, uh, The IATR is the International Association of Transportation Regulators. And... Uh, it is comprised solely of taxi cab regulators, so it should be called the Association of Taxicab Regulators, but for whatever reason, it's not. And there's people from all over the world, and uh, the conference is next week, and President Gillespie and myself will be in attendance there, and um, basically, and Lieutenant Schlotz actually will be there as well, um, and it's going to be very informative. I went last year. I will be presenting on a panel of administration of uh, green vehicle programs. So uh, my counterpart in New York, uh, Matthew Doss, who's uh, the commissioner, um, they have a different structure. He's, he's, my, he's basically an executive director of the New York Taxi and Limousine Commission, but he's called a commissioner. Um, he asked me to present on it um, based on the fact that we were the first city to adopt um, green taxi legislation. Even though New York often gets credit for that, that is not correct. That is a fallacy that has been promoted by Bloomberg because he has a lot of access to a lot of media. We were the first, not New York. And Matthew Das recognizes that, despite his comments to the contrary in the USA Today article. So we will be highlighting that
3: at the conference. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, the second question I just had was, where can I find the list of the taxi advisory group? Is that on
0: the MTA's website or on ours? I don't know, but for next time, I'll give you a list of the, of mm-hmm. the uh, participants. I can tell you that in the industry, um, we have Ethan Rabelos, uh, who is a green cab driver, and we have Jane Bolig of DeSoto, who was here a moment ago. Um, and uh, we have many people have come and, and sat on the meetings, um, and it's been very productive discussion so far.
3: Okay, great. So um, the list won't be posted out. You'll just bring one for dinner. Yeah, time. I'll just put it in my staff report for Thanks. next
0: time. Yeah.
1: Anyone else? Yes, I
3: have say.
1: Mr.
6: Raymond.
7: Going back to March, I uh, suggested that we have a uh, um, put on the agenda this meter increase that is, you know, they've been waiting for this for a long, long time. We've accomplished the goal of the green cabs and what have you, and the drivers themselves are obviously paying for this whole thing that make this happen and uh, even though we, I know we have to wait for the controllers to come out with their suggestion I think we can discuss this anyhow and send something along to the supervisors in some way get some relief for the drivers I think we should I don't think it's going to be that much of a jump from what we suggest now without a controller's report to what we're going to be able to discuss at a later date when we have this controller's report and when does that come out in August, uh, October?
1: Well, you know, I was told there was going to be August um, yeah. I don't know what I mean, I I do feel a sense of frustration myself. I'm not
7: frustrated. I think we should just put it out.
1: I know the Board of Supervisors won't act without that. And we could make our own recommendations, but it wouldn't be based on the kind of things that they would be able to give us. But it's a little frustrating that the controller, I mean, the budget process is over. I think we do need to kind of prod them along a little bit to... uh,
7: Even if it's not necessarily pending for the actual next term of whatever the controller is going to suggest, I think we should come up with something that offers them some relief uh, with the price of gas right now and everything else. I think the Board of Supervisors <coughs> will be sympathetic to them because they know obviously that uh, all of these charges that have gone through with the companies getting a, an increase and in the, uh, uh, you know, just all the way down the line that there should be something in their pocket too. Uh,
3: if, if I may, I, I, th- I think we should put it on the agenda, um, not waiting for the controllers report because this is a very emotional issue on both sides. Will the public take the taxis if, if the increase comes through? The drivers needed to cover the gas. So it's a very emotional issue that it would be a good idea if we flush out a lot of that even before the controller's report comes through.
7: Well, just all the uh, all the Bay Area, other uh, areas, the cities have already approved raises for their, their drivers. And uh, since we're the first in the green end of this thing, and we're going to be the last in providing something else, I, I don't think that's fair. And like I say, I put this out on March 25th. It's indicated on my my ticket, and uh, we're talking six months later, and we haven't done anything. And we're talking about smoking and calves is more important today than, uh, you know, fare increases. So I'd like to see it on the agenda very soon. Even if it doesn't have any weight, it should come up right away.
1: Okay. Thank you, Commissioner.
0: Um, When Commissioner Slaughter was still here, he had asked me to prepare some research on like what other jurisdictions were doing and, you know, historical analysis of the fairs and everything. And um, maybe and he had actually asked for a two part hearing in that regard. So maybe on the 23rd, we already have a relatively full agenda with several disciplinary cases. Um, but we could, I could easily have it prepared for you by then, the 23rd. That that first part, that report that he had mentioned, it was a good idea.
1: Okay, I think that that'll be something we will put on the next agenda for that level of information. In the meantime, the controllers Office really needs to understand that we were promised this report in August, and it's now getting on the middle of September, and drivers have been waiting for it. So I understand, having gone through this before, Commissioner, Benjamin, the Board of Supervisors is not going to act without this controller's well, report and they won't act on just our recommendations. Well, so we, we do have to have formally,
7: that. Formally from the Commission to the uh, controller to let's get going on this thing. We need this now.
0: I can write a letter tomorrow. Tomorrow I can write
7: Okay.
3: And just in fairness to the controller's office, yes, I, I think an urging is is correct but um, they did have a transition um, during this period of time where um, our, the controller who had been there for quite a long time left and a new controller was in place. So maybe a little prodding is is good because it could have been dropped through the cracks. Thank you.
0: I had two more things I forgot mm-hmm. in my staff report. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, uh, we have a new procedure based on recommendation from Sunshine um, that people are not getting access to the reading materials and agendas for for this hearing so we've placed a binder two binders here actually with chairs and we would like people to sit at the table and read it that way people are not hoarding it and taking it home as has occurred we have been through several binders because people have liked to take the binder with them which is inappropriate to say the least uh, since it is city property The second thing is that um, I just want to highlight something we started in the office. I started this program with my staff and it's called Gratitude Fridays, which is not the most creative name, but basically on Fridays and it's voluntary, but I'm hoping they'll participate. Um, They have to write a letter, they can write a letter to someone in the city employee that has made a difference in their ability to do their jobs. So it could be a group of people, it could be a department, it could be an individual person. Basically, they write a letter highlighting that person, and then they send it to the person, and then they send the copy to me. I then send it to the person's supervisor so that that person can be commended for their good work. And at the next hearing, I will attach the copies of those letters so that you can see um, the work that people in the city are doing for you as as taxpayers and as um, commissioners on the commission. And also so that the public sees we have almost 30,000 employees in this city and there's a lot of good work being done. So I just forgot to mention that earlier. Sorry about that.
1: Okay. I'll take public comment on the uh, staff report for one minute. Just line up anyone who wants to speak for one minute.
8: Thank you, Carl McMurdo. Uh, The tag members are on the MTA website. Patricia, I'll send that to you. Tonight, uh, Welcome. The budget, um, I noticed in the staff reports, uh, monies needed to satisfy the city attorney balance for fiscal year 2008. Uh, Paul, I had requested, I think there's so many things we forget about these, that we were supposed to get a full accounting. The attorneys in the Sloan Merritt case in particular want to know how much money was spent. I know the medallion holder fees doubled 90% this year from 500 up to something like 900 $45. Uh, the other thing in the staff report, there were two hearings subsequent to the last Taxi Commission meeting at the Board of Appeals, both overturning what had occurred here. One was the Young Yi case, and the, essentially there's a, a mandate of sorts to have a ADA accommodation program for the applicants as well. The other was a case of a man named Mr. Sukar, but my time is run out.
1: We'll have public comment also additionally later on for three minutes. So. Next speaker. Uh,
9: good evening, Commissioners. Mark Gruber, and I just wanted to point out that the absence of a controller's report has really thrown a monkey wrench into the entire process of determining a meter increase because the controller's report was supposed to have been issued on August 1st, and um, without having the the actual um, ordinance in front of me as, as I recall uh, that report, uh, the determination in that report would automatically go into effect as of November 1st unless the Board of Supervisors met certain deadlines and one of those deadlines was September 1st I believe for a supervisor to request a hearing so that's already gone and then there's a second deadline for for holding a hearing uh, so You know, the the process at this point is in complete disarray, and I think one of the things you might want to inquire into is, is really what is the path forward at this point since the prescribed procedure is no longer possible. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
10: Commissioner Gillespie and fellow commissioners, uh, very briefly, I just want to make a comment about the so-called missing loose leaves. You go to any other commission hearing in this city, particularly in this building, they supply you with 12 to 18 copies. It seems like the director here can only come up with two at every meeting, regardless of the capacity of the crowd. They don't match what's on the web page sometimes as well if you check some of the documents here the ones that are placed here in the folder they're missing on the web page if you check some of the transcripts going back to when Heidi Macon was the director the so-called transmits on certain speeches were altered against the transmits that were superior appeared in this uh, actual hearing so on a budget of 1.8 to 2.2 million wherever it stands right now I think the director can come up with more than two copies. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Next speaker.
11: Uh, I'd like to support what Carl said and actually expand on it. Uh, With the Board of Appeals, here's your issues. I think it's important for the next meeting for for the determination of those, what happened at those hearings to be discussed. It helps you when you have when then you have to make decisions about subsequent cases because then you're then you know how the Board of Appeals tends to look at these when it comes comes to them. As, as is, has been the case many times, the Board of Appeals has overridden your very harsh decisions and uh, my hope would be that you would look at the Board of Appeals and, their de- and the decisions they have made and try to keep them in mind when you want to throw the book at some owner for not driving the required shifts. My second, and I want to support Richard Benjamin's request for a fair increase. Uh, And I think you should begin to move on this yourselves. Uh, I'm sure once you begin to move on it, the controller will see a a motivation to get the report finished and get it to the Board of Supervisors at the same time that you see it. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
12: Good evening, Commissioners. Martin Smith, Luxor Cap. Uh, I just up here to support Richard Benjamin on the... uh, the meter increase—it's a long time in coming. I just hope he's it's, it's not a voice in the wilderness on this. The drivers desperately need it. I'm all for—I would like to see a, a raise of the drop, at least one dollar, because you know it's—it's it's hard time for drivers in San Francisco. Drivers are barely making making it by. So you know, we, we need this meter increase. We need uh, a, a increase in the in the in the, uh, in the drop of the, of the meter. And I think we should listen to Richard Benjamin on this. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Anyone else?
12: Good evening, Commissioner Tariq Mahmoud.
13: First of all, a sad day, two days from now, September 11 is coming. In the memory of those who passed in that tragedy. As regard to the St. Boniface Church, blessing to the drivers. Thanks to National Luxor and Yellow Cab. They arranged not only the blessing, but pretty good food for the drivers. Hundreds of drivers came at the night shift and the following day, morning shift. But no driver labor leader was there. Thanks to the taxi commission also, they participated. Sergeant Reynolds participated. Scott Leon, Jordana Thakman, thank you very much. About the meter increase, we raised the voice long time ago. We've been suffering very long for this meter increase. Please Send a letter quickly and request them to rush it. Drivers are desperately waiting for an increase. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Anyone else? <phone rings> the comment is closed on this uh, next item.
0: Okay. Um, the next item is the consent calendar. I have an admonition to read regarding the consent calendar. All matters listed here under a consent calendar are considered to be routine by the commission and will be acted upon by a single roll call vote of the commission. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a member of the Commission so requests in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item. And at the outset, I would just uh, note that item B3 has been continued for factual determination. Um, And the uh, B-1 is on the calendar. Again, this is um, one where you had asked the applicant to produce uh, some type of evidence that would contravene um, the uh, fact that he had no way bills, and he was unable to do so and did not provide any evidence to our office in that regard.
1: So is there anything that we need? Okay, I'm going to sever B-1 because I know that people are here to speak on that one. And I want to recuse myself on B4, B8, and B10, as well as E1. I don't believe Commissioner Benjamin has to this time. Okay. I'm going to take public comment on the consent calendar for one minute. Anyone who's here to speak on the consent calendar?
14: Uh, One minute. Richard Heibel's MetroCab. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Mr. Tess I can't say his name. He, he's a good driver, uh, but I want to make it crystal clear. I think the director got you set straight. There, there was no loss of any way bills. I counted the shifts. He worked 51. He found 47 way bills. There were a couple of insinuations made that it was too bad that the company's lost his way bills and so forth. We didn't lose any way bills. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Anyone else? Pull a comment.
13: Good evening. It's regarding item E, Stephen Tan, medallion number 1153, moving from Yellow Cab to SF Town Taxi. I don't know what kind of dispatching he's going to get there compared to Yellow Cab, but he do have a very serious dispute with the driver who was working with him the morning shift. The driver has been fired without a notice right away. There was no agreement between them and he used to put the money in the car, so the night time this Stephen Chen can pick up the money. And this has been going on for six months, and all of a sudden he fired this gentleman, so we would like to know if Stephen Chen is here, what happened, why this driver is fired right away instead of giving him some time or arrangement, and why he needs something else. And also Yellow has the top of the line, GPS, computers, servers, why he is going to town that's the question.
8: Thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks. I want to congratulate all the people who are getting medallions tonight, and our Medallion Holder Association is established to represent and protect and preserve the rights and benefits of people with medallions. So, any of those people who are receiving tonight, we have newsletter and another letter. And I have copies in Michael Spain, who's over here at the end of the third or fourth row. If any of you would like to see the materials, please ask. Thanks.
1: Anyone else? Okay, seeing on public comment is closed. Um, I'll take a motion on all the items that are not been severed, which is A, B2, B5, 6, 7, and 9. C1 and 2 and D1?
0: Actually, I'm um, sorry, but A has to be continued. I'm so sorry. I was oh, just informed of that by the minutes. Staff. Okay. An issue All those
1: me? items minus A.
0: And just before
3: we do the motion, I believe uh, Commissioner Anetta always reminds us there's a particular way to word it for um, the medallions that haven't been cleared, the background checks, correct?
9: We
15: were doing this. We didn't do it the last time, really though. No, Beca- And I think Tom Owen said that we really don't have to do that anymore okay. because it's it's part of the process now. It's so a process
1: that seems to be working. Okay, and,
3: good. Then I'll yeah. move.
1: Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes. Okay. Uh, we've severed B1, and um, that was because there is a dispute. We have... The uh, memo from the commission staff, and this is for Mr. Tesser Marmes and McHale.
3: Why don't we do the others before we get into, no?
1: I'm just doing them in order.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah. So the uh, recommendation from the staff is that the applicant does not meet the requirements that it was uh only worked three hours in 2005 being short 797 hours and worked 338 hours in 2006 being short 462 hours. So as a result of that, they would not be qualified to get the medallion. Um, I understand is Mr. Simakale uh, here? Yeah, can you uh, come up and you have someone with you? I'm gonna allow you a minute or two if you want to. Last time you were here, we offered you the opportunity of a continuance to continue Bring forth any evidence to our staff of uh, that you had been that your uh, total waybills had not been counted, and we have testimony from our staff tonight that they haven't received anything of that nature. So, is there anything you would like to say about this?
16: Well, I'd like to add uh, tonight is uh, I brought with me my partner we, who was with, working with me tonight uh, that, that 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 time. So he's here. He can he can ask it him and tell him whatever it is you know, wise, but uh, he's here with me. That that wouldn't
1: affect the amount of way bills that you turned in, though, as far as to to prove your driving requirement. I mean, you can have your partner testify, but that wouldn't. That isn't evidence for us to consider as far as whether or not you met the driving requirement.
16: But number one, you know, why they only have one way bill. And secondly is, you know, why they only have one way bill, you know. They only have one-way bill, and and I mean with them, so it wasn't true. And I was working like five, six days a week, and and I don't know what happened to it. And, and and I brought him with me tonight, that he can ask it, him and whatever it is.
1: Well, your partner though is not the person who is up for a medallion tonight. You you are that person, and the burden of proof to prove that you meet the driving requirement is yours. So do you understand that. But yeah, asking I, I, him to come up and speak doesn't really...
16: Well, I was, I was working five, six nights, you know. We what,
1: what we asked when we continued this a couple of weeks ago when you were before us, we asked you to give you two more weeks for you to present evidence to our staff of you having met the driving requirement, and they haven't received anything of that nature. But, uh, so we really don't have any choice here tonight except to, I mean, you you, you have not met the driving requirement for the previous having driven three of the previous four years full time.
16: Well in this case is uh, the answer is what is so can I have an extension then? Can I extension one, one, one year extension? Unless the unless commissioner wants
1: to move that, you know, you just have this is requirement by ordinance by law that you're required to meet.
3: Excuse me. Is he asking for a time waiver
16: or what? Yeah, time waiver.
3: That's not through us. That's something your office can
16: take care
0: of. He he has no legal basis basis for a time waiver at this point, and he doesn't. This is the first time he's even bringing it up on the eve of the the denial. So,
1: should we just make a motion to deny? Thank you, thank you, sir. Make a motion to.
7: Yes. Okay. i make a motion to deny this uh, applicant the medallion at this time. Is
1: there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes. Thank you. Vice President, President. Yes. I'm recusing myself on B, 4, 8, and 10.
3: Okay. Then may I have a motion to approve B, 4, 8, 10, and E, 1. Oh, are we? Is that severed?
1: We, you can decide to sever. I can't.
3: Well, well it the there? commissioner is asking for it to be severed. I will.
15: No, no, no. I'm, I'm asking for clarification. I thought that that was severed for other than reclusal. Is
1: it not? I severed it for recusal, but it could be severed if you want to discuss the issue that was raised.
15: I, I think there was some issues here. So with that, so.
3: Why don't I just sever it and we'll we'll discuss it in just. Just um, look for a motion to approve B, 4, 8, and 10. Motion to approve. Mm -hmm. Second. 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 All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Seeing none, motion passes. Okay. um, Now we'll take a look at E1. Uh, Commissioners, uh, any discussion or executive director, do you have any comments on this? On B1? E. E1. I'm
0: sorry. E1. E1. Um. You know, uh, in the past, there's been some um, questions about color scheme changes and how they're being approved and how they're going forward. And so um, in an attempt to address some of the issues, we as staff instituted a color scheme change questionnaire modeled after something that the taxi cab detail used to use um, when asking why would someone make a business decision to move to another company, um, the detail that that was information that they wanted to have. Um, other commissioners since, and now some of you as current commissioners have expressed also uh, questions about why, you know, you want to know why, why people are doing this. Um, and uh, so we've instituted this, um, you know, this, this questionnaire. And, uh, you know, um, the person has filled it out. So I hope that when you get these questionnaires, you know that you're looking at him and thinking critically about any any issues that you may see and uh, find of note in the questionnaire. Um, Here, this individual is um, claiming that he will operate color scheme only. Um, One thing that gives me cause for concern is he says he's not going to sign any leases with the color scheme, but I'm sure town wouldn't allow him to just operate as a town taxi and fly their colors without some type of written document. So it concerns me that there's either, number one, a bizarre statement, or number two, uh, possibly a false statement because I know town requires um, all of their people who are affiliates to fill out written documents stating what they're going to do. So that's kind of bizarre. I don't understand why that occurred. Um, But that's the only thing that I would note on here. Anyone else?
15: I'm gonna, Now that Commissioner Slaughter's not here, I guess I have to take his point of view. Um, since we don't have anything established on why we can stop a transfer, I think in this situation, I'd, I'd like to see with this individual if there are any leases with him and Town Taxi that they come forward so that, uh, I, I don't know how we need to put that and I don't have Tom Owen here to ask <laughs>
0: under Municipal Police Code section 1124 actually um, all holders are required to file copies of leases um, that they have with my office uh, that's a current rule um, Ron has, Sergeant Reynolds has brought that up before in the past And uh, we don't have any leases on file um, in compliance with that requirement, Um, you know, but I, I mean, again, it just I don't know if he's here tonight, but it's just very weird that town would just allow people, according to this statement. Just allow people to drive around with its colors with no written documentation whatsoever to govern that business relationship. And
3: Excuse me. Just and interesting. I, I need you to read that statement out loud. Forgive me. I'm sure it was in last meetings package, but it's not in this one, and that's the one I grabbed.
0: So It is in. Um, I, I just asked. Yeah, no, it's, it's here. It's um, It says, so it's, it's the last. Um, it's under consent calendar item E. This is what we're referring to, right? Right, but I'm looking for the. Stephen Tan. Yeah. So there's a, it looks like this um, color scheme change questionnaire. Yeah. It's right after um, where it says agenda item E. And hear. the question is Will you sign any new leases with your new color scheme or with any drivers associated with that color scheme? And the answer is no. And then it goes on to state what shifts will you be driving, and it says Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. So that means that, number one, there's no lease with town, and number two, that the cab, according to this document, is sitting somewhere after 3 o'clock with nobody driving it. So it sounds like this is a single shift. But Uh, But it says color scheme only, and then that also begs the question of whether or not under the municipal police code the public is getting the adequate service from that medallion since it's not being operated most of the time.
3: Well, I'm not crazy about single shifts anyway, but we do have them. And I I realize he didn't circle that now that I see it.
7: Mm. You're talking about a long single shift. You know, if you're operating this with a driver, and obviously you're going to have to if you're operating it Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 3 p.m., you're talking... uh, what is that about? How many hours? We're talking a long 40 time. 40 hours. Huh?
15: Four, 5 to 3, 40 hours. Mm-hmm. 40 five, hours for the week, right? 5 a.m. Through through
7: to 3 p.m. is uh, 12. Eight 5 hours. to 3? Is 10? Oh, okay. I missed that.
3: Well. No, at this point, why don't we see if uh, Stephen Tan is here? Stephen do you mind coming up to the microphone and just explaining um, the, your, your process no? that's not him who is that you're not Stephen Tan oh okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh. sorry about that
6: <laughs>
3: so Stephen's not here okay
5: it's
3: difficult. Commissioner Benjamin, you have any comments on this, please?
7: A single shift. It appears to be a single shift and he's indicated differently on the on the sheet that he filled out, so maybe we should talk on that.
3: What happens to this taxi if we uh, continue this?
0: It stays at yellow. It'll stay at yellow.
3: So there's no harm to the public?
0: No. Um, in fact, um, presumably at Yellow, it's being operated 24 hours a day, which would provide service according to the municipal police code and according to this commission's policies, which are to increase taxi cab service and availability in the city.
3: Any thoughts, commissioners? Do you want to continue this to um, talk to Mr. Tan and see whether he's single-shifting? Um, since yeah, the application isn't like correct,
5: hear, I would like to hear from him. I, I, I feel always comfortable having the you know person in the meeting so that we can have some questions that person can okay. answer. So I would feel more comfortable about that. Is that a motion? Yes. Oh, if uh, fellow commissioners thinks uh, <laughs> <thanks. laughs> so, I would go along.
3: Commissioner a M-
15: Motion to to uh, continue. Is that where we're going out here? Yes. Because I, what I'd really like to find out is how is it being operated right now? Do you think we can add that into this that maybe either Scott or someone could check into this?
3: It's a good question.
15: And I make a motion to continue.
5: Oh, I made a motion to continue, so we need a second. Okay, I, I second the motion.
15: All right, any further discussion?
3: <laughs> any further discussion? All right, did we, t- we took public comment on the whole, right? All right, so all in favor of continuing? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none, motion passes.
1: Thank you. I'd just like to acknowledge those people who got medallions tonight, James Leng, Elvis Tran, Louise Nemesi, David Wong, Kirkian Lim, Frolian Lumbag, Antonio Yan, and Vladimir Talian. Congratulations. <laughs> Next item. Um, Um, You know what? I think because we have public comment scheduled at 8 o'clock, and we may have... um, I think I'd like to go to item 6 now.
0: Okay. Item 6 is uh, consideration of excessive criminal and administrative violations noted in the past six months. And um, Sergeant Reynolds is here, and um, I'll just give a brief uh, introduction of this item before I turn it over to him. Um, Basically... um, And I've given you just a short memorandum here. We as staff are extremely concerned about the amount of violations that we've been noticing um, in the industry. Um, We have been – I spend most of my week writing complaints and attending hearings, preparing for hearings. Um, I basically have one staff member who's become a part-time legal secretary in the office. Uh, it's just, it's something that we, we have a lot of other things that this commission has set for us as priorities and a lot of other things that we need to be doing. And to spend this much time on discipline is not something we are doing by choice. We're not even getting into the issue of driving requirement enforcement. Um, you will see some cases on, on September 23rd that were brought in the past, you know, by my predecessor. Um, so, but, you know, and, and there's a couple in the pipeline, um that, that I've, you know, that I've initiated that involve uh, driver requirement, but they concern fraud. They don't concern just, um, you know, uh, just failure to meet Prop K over over a couple of years or whatever. They, there's other issues present in those cases. We um, we're just talking about cases that are in, that are involving um, acts of violence, uh, criminal conduct, um, et cetera, And it's it's really a problem for us. It's really a problem. 311 is a great system. It's been very successful. Um, You'll note that I listed the complaints there, and Ron will talk about those as well. You know, in in some ways, 311, it's it's very easy for people to call in. Um, That's why we encourage people to call in compliments as well. Um, But, you know, um, we're just really concerned. And so that's why we put this agenda item on tonight, so that we can have a discussion about this and alert you as commissioners to let you know what's, what's going on here. And so with that, I will turn it over to Sergeant Reynolds for his presentation this evening.
17: Good evening, Commissioners, Executive Director, esteemed guests. The last couple of months at the taxi detail has been extraordinary. Um, I passed out to you the quarterly stats for the second half of uh, 2008, and I apologize it took so long for me to get these stats to you. But quite frankly, my office is drowning in revocations and suspensions. If you will look in June's um, documents, you will see that we had 40 police reports sent to our unit to investigate. Forty criminal complaints. Most of those turned out to be uh, suspendable items with regards to either medallions or to uh, driving permits. 311. We lost one of the members of our unit, so we are now down to one officer, one sergeant, and one clerk. We have brought people in on overtime basis to start handling the 311s. We have closed about 200 cases. And we have found that in a number of these cases, we're also finding criminal conduct by drivers or by medallion holders. When I first came to this unit, I really didn't understand the three-layer rule, and I really didn't understand brokers and leasees, but I understand it now. That's why in the last six weeks, I've personally suspended three medallions. I have one more sitting on my desk and five drivers to go. And that doesn't include the one that came in today, which was suspended today. In 2007, we were doing one suspension a quarter. In the last three months, we're doing one a week. That's how much things have changed. Why have they changed? Partially because of the Taxi Commission and partially on what you have given me directions to do. Patrol is being trained how to look for cab drivers violating rules and procedures and violating the law. They're now understanding medallions. They're understanding wearing seatbelts, not wearing seatbelts, having waybills, not having waybills. They're making traffic stops out there. They're finding no driver wears a badge, no driver has identification, no driver fills out waybills. So they are issuing citations and they're sending to our office and we're following up. 311. we are looking at complaints from people that are charged $17.40 to go 1.8 miles in San Francisco. Then when they report that, we go and try to find the way bill to corroborate that story, and the way bills aren't even being kept. So what we've been finding and what I've been finding in doing all of these investigations is it's coming back to the uh, brokers. And I'm going to talk about long-term leases and brokers in the same breath. We're going to talk about the three that I've had in the last six weeks. All three medallions that were suspended had a number of things in common, and you can follow on the very back of the packet that I prepared. There's an outline that I'm going to speak about. should be the last two pages, and it looks like this. Oh, wait, I might have it. These are the things that were uncommon in these three suspensions. All three of the drivers involved were arrested and cited by the police. All three either had no driver's licenses in their possession or currently in California, or no A-cards. There were no leases on file between the color scheme and the broker or the medallion holder and the broker, or the color scheme. All the medallion holders were, get, were receiving over $2,500 a month for their medallions. When I would talk to the scholar, color schemes with regards to these three medallions, the color schemes would state that they're just providing the color to the cab. It's not their responsibility to monitor the driver's behavior, to turn in way bills, to turn in daily driving rosters, to deal with lost property, and that it was the medallion holder's responsibility under the rules and procedures 4A3 and 4A4, which is exactly what the rules and procedures say. Then I would contact the medallion holders of those same medallions that were seized, and they would state the only concern that they had is where they could maximize the amount of money for their medallion. And the two of the three of them said they have never seen this book in their life and did not know it existed nor any of the rules. And they said it was the Taxi Commission, the City and County of San Francisco, and the Police Department to provide them with the rules because their medallion was a right and not a privilege. Then I went to the brokers themselves. Some of the brokers had licenses, some didn't. Some had A cards, some didn't. The broker and licensees said it was a color scheme's responsibility to make sure that all of these people were following the rule because that's what they paid the color scheme for. So in essence, you have three different parties all pointing the fingers at each other saying who is responsible for this and all denying responsibility. One medallion, one medallion broker told me that he had to go to Pakistan for six months because of an illness in the family. So the six months that he was brokering a medallion, every way bill was thrown away. Not one was kept. The responsibility to those drivers trying to show their 800 hours has been lost. We cannot verify who or where or when those trips were taken. So it it is a severe cut it is us trying to investigate 311 complaints, trying to figure out what, in fact, is going on with the industry. Um, nobody cares, apparently, on all three of these groups where the shift change is taking place. I asked all three groups, and they all pointed the finger and said, That's somebody else's responsibility. That's not ours. Where do you park the car? That's not our responsibility. That's somebody else's. This is happening with the biggest color scheme in San Francisco and the smaller ones, so it's not just unique to one color scheme. Um, On talking to one of the brokers, one of the medallion holders, I asked for a list of the broker that he was using and the drivers he was using under his medallion. And he looked at me and told me it was none of my business and he was not going to answer that question. There are companies, color schemes out there right now that if you go to a color scheme and you give them $20, they will give you a letter of intent to hire even though they have no intention of hiring you at their company. So we are getting a mass of people that have no intent of being hired by any color scheme, yet they're going through the program, they're going to the 40-hour school, they're going through the background checks, they're going to the police Training class, and yet no color scheme is going to pick them up. Who's picking them up? The brokers. So if we don't catch it in the background, we're catching nothing. That's why we're finding a lot of them don't have A-cards. A lot of them have expired driver's licenses. The person we had today, he was involved in a felony hit-and-run accident last Friday with a pedestrian and left the scene of the crime. He was arrested several hours later. In a check, it was found out that when he was a driver in a back east city, he did the same thing. These are the things that we're all running into. This is what's happening with the brokering of these medallions, the very lack of accountability. And I wanted to bring that to you because I think that that's the most serious problem this industry is facing right now. I want to talk a little bit about the 311 complaints we're getting. Not only have we seen 40 complaints in June involving criminal behavior by drivers, but the 311 complaints. In January, we had 14. February, we had 82. March, 179. April, 83. May, 167. June, 201. July, 187. And August, 257. That's a total of 1184 complaints for this year. That's averaging 148 a month. Most of these complaints, when we start doing the searching, we're finding out they're connected some way, shape, or form with the brokers. So that's why um, I've decided that, 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 the remaining time that, that the taxi detail is still in, in, in um, still in business, um, I'm going to spend most of my time focusing on the broker problem. As I said, I have suspended three. There's one that's coming, and there's a whole lot more that are coming. Uh, I want all of the medallion holders to understand that the city gives that medallion to to use. It is not a right. It's a privilege, and you're supposed to follow these rules. And if you don't, the taxi detail will look into your situation. Uh, As the executive director said, we have no leases on file. I just got my first one tonight. So that's going to be one of the first things that we're looking at and we're going to be finding out who the drivers are, what kind of background they're doing, and who is responsible for their actions. I want to let you know some of the other cases that we still have pending that we have found either through 311 or through uh, police reports. We have one driver that's selling drugs down in the Tenderloin, and then he sells them in his cab while he's driving. We have uh, a we have a driver that uh, undercover officers from the San Francisco Police Department sold her script, paratransit transcript, and caught that and made the arrest. Um, we have officers driving, being involved in hit-and-run accidents, one including hitting a police, an unmarked police car, and then fleeing the scene. So those are all the cases that I'm currently working on that I will be bringing to, um, to you for uh, review um, and decision on how we're going to proceed. Uh, with regards to the uh, illegal script on the paratransit, um, it sounds like it's pretty much out of control. There's one company in particular that's being targeted, and quite frankly, I'm trying to get federal help in order trying to make sure that we clean that mess up. Two weeks ago, the PUC had an enforcement operation at the Oakland Airport in the afternoon. They nabbed four of our taxi cabs for um, uh, the seals to the meters being tampered with our ways and means were there. We had one as I I spoke to you a month and a half ago. So that's now five from one color scheme that has the meters, something wrong with the meters and they weren't reported properly to ways and means. That's being looked at. Um, Again, I just want to let you know that with regards to the changes in the taxi detail, uh, our current um, uh, commanding officer Uh, Captain Tom um, O'Neill is going to be retiring in the next six to eight weeks. The decision has been made when he leaves, they're going to civilianize his position. The taxi commission or the taxi detail will probably not follow and be under a civilian's leadership. So there is a movement that we may go down to the traffic unit and then become a part of that traffic unit. Also currently, we are currently working on the budget with the Taxi Commission and we have lost Officer um, Kolstadt to patrol. So our current unit is down to one sergeant, myself, one quarter lieutenant, one officer and one clerk. Um, I just wanted to let you know that that's the current things that we are finding. Again. The increase is a number of things. 311 is working. We're able to track which companies are doing what. The illegal, illegal limousines, that is still being, um, the enforcement is still going on every week so that's not being curtailed. But I believe the biggest danger that faces this industry now is the brokers and that's where I'm going to focus most of my energy on. So that basically concludes my report.
1: Uh, <clears throat> when you say the basic problem is the brokers, I'm. I think you're getting in a problem that we're all concerned about, which is drivers. the brokers are hiring drivers, or people are driving those vehicles that aren't bona fide drivers. Is that what you're finding? Is that what you're... Some are,
17: and some aren't. But they're definitely, all right, it's what I would consider a pyramid scheme. When you're paying 2500 to $3,000 a month to a medallion holder, to the broker, then the broker has to pay X amount of dollars to the color scheme just to get the color scheme. And then some of them manage that on their own, some of them do not. They are charging those drivers more than $94.50 a day, gates of gas. So if you get an honest, hardworking driver, he's going to report that to the police department or the taxi commission. So they're going to look for drivers that will not blow the whistle on them. And so what kind of drivers are they getting? And that's what we're finding out. These are the ones that haven't had an A-card in a year, a year and a half, or have been fired by the the, the other color schemes because of too many complaints, Um, bad driving records, no driving records, no driver's licenses. And so that's what we're finding is that the selection in the brokers, they are not taking the best drivers, they're taking the worst drivers. And then what we find is people are complaining about the services they get.
1: Um, And some of the conversations that you had with some of the people really disturbed me. I've got to say that. I found it very disturbing what you told me, that they basically said that they don't have to obey what you Why weren't they immediately cited? When someone said that they don't have to obey a rule that you pointed out to them, I mean, you have the ability to immediately cite that person. And, I mean, color schemes have to have rosters. They have to tell you who's driving their daily record. And if someone has a color scheme saying that, no, that's the color, that's the permit holder's responsibility, I don't, I'm i not sure if that's true or not. I, I think actually, there is a rule that requires color schemes to have all current rosters.
0: I can actually speak to that because um, it happened to me as well. Um, a, a very well-known broker, uh, a driver of his, um, uh, there was a problem with one of the drivers on a particular medallion, and I asked that person to come in so that I could speak to the person about what was happening with the vehicle. The vehicle was being shift changed off the property, and a host of other issues. And the person told me, I don't have to do anything you say. I work for Mr. X, and he told me that I don't have to listen to you and that I work for him, so I'm not coming in and i said well actually i regulate this industry and you do have to come in and he said well not anymore i'm just going to cancel my a card and keep driving and hung up the phone oh. so that's a, that's what we're up against here that's what we're dealing I with i guess
1: my point is is that i don't want you or our staff to feel like you are not empowered to absolutely take action because we you know we sit on the commission we come every two weeks and it, we don't really we're not really in the trenches getting these rules carried out and I mean just from hearing what you had to say tonight I I mean if someone would have spoken to me like that really you as the police sergeant charged with enforcing these laws I think they need to be like immediately cited and maybe even have their permit suspended I mean if they tell you that they don't have to listen to what you say that is that's just totally unacceptable I mean I don't I don't know how else really to to put that I mean and I hope that if you're coming here tonight for our support or sort of encouragement in doing what you're doing, you certainly have mine, because I, I believe that it's just, it's totally unacceptable for them to say that they don't have to do these things that are clearly in the rule book. And huh, I'm getting a little excited to hear myself. Uh, well, I,
3: I, I, I'll just echo what you're saying. Yeah. That I, I think in your case, if anyone says that to you, I would support citation. If we have to put a rule together for that, I'm all behind it. In the case of someone hanging up on you in the office, uh, I would put a trace on calls like that, and I, I just don't think that that's uh, appropriate at all, that uh, people would disregard the rules, especially when they're acting illegally to begin with. So what would you expect? They should, they should be called accountable for what they're doing. So uh, I echo your sentiments that if you're coming here to say you want to put all your time towards getting illegal drivers off the road, I would say thank you.
17: Again, this is information that I want to know the changes that are occurring and have occurred in this year. As I said, a lot to deal with the changes that that, that this board has made in the last six months. Um, Another thing that we are getting is a lot of tips from drivers. They now know that the Taxi Commission is not an adversarial situation in an adversarial place. They can get help. I have drivers after every training on Thursday come and tell me about the death traps that they're driving on the freeways every day from the color schemes. So we're putting a program in place where they can anonymously call us and then I'm going to start pulling all those cars off the road and sending them down to GTU until they are fixed and they are safe. So we are getting tips daily now from drivers like we have never gotten before but I just want you to understand you're going to see a major increase in the amount of suspensions and quite frankly the best way I can change the behavior of this industry is to go after the medallion holders. They are ultimately responsible for what happens with their medallion and they do not want to take that responsibility. Although
1: the color schemes are not off the hook they have their responsibilities too for maintaining Vehicles, the rosters, keeping all that stuff that that they are required by our regulations to have, they have to have it, and they can't say that that's the color permit holder's responsibility
17: in all cases. But, but if it, the broker is in Pakistan for six months and he's the one collecting all of these items, how does the color scheme get it in the first place? Well,
1: that's their problem, but it is it is a problem that they have to solve. They can't they can't take that hands off. Mentality, and I know it's easy for them to say, "Well, they're just running our color schemes," and but it's not—it's not good enough. And I think you have made that clear to us that there's too many problems associated with that kind of an attitude. So if you're coming here for empowerment, you have it—at least from my point of view. I, I do want to make the point, though, that 311 and the idea of calling 311 is now very much more prominent. Yes. We have big stickers, and it's so much easier now to make any kind of a comment about taxis. So. When I look at those statistics, I think, okay, there's gonna be a natural between remembering the old five five four whatever it was number of the taxi detail and remembering the three one one is it's just very much easier now, and so I'm still hoping that someday we're gonna get a breakdown of what these three one one calls are actually all about, and I know that that's you know on the the radar screen of the people on three one one to give us some sense of our you know what are what are these about are they about unsafe driving and criminal activities, serious stuff or you know
18: I have a question. Yes. Um, I just, was just curious what the consequence was with the uh, meter tampering.
17: That is handled by the uh, uh, public health, board of public health, uh, ways and measures. And so they have jurisdiction in that and we are working with them. Um, I have decided that I'm going to put a task force together at some point and we are going to do spot checks on all the meters in San Francisco. Since these issues are popping up um, in other random tests and, and, and checkpoints by other state agencies,
1: I mean to follow up on that, you mentioned that they were the same color scheme. So yes, they were. I would think, you know, one of the first things we do is like go to that color scheme and check every meter. I mean, I, I know that it's not always possible to do that kind of manpower work, but if you have those that level of complaint and they're all focused on one color scheme, then I think we, you know, ought to be able to focus our investigation in some way.
3: I have one more concern, not to take the focus off uh, uh, the, the good work you're doing, but I do want to know um, if we are going to see more suspension of medallions, um, oh, are those cars just sitting idly, and
0: what's going to be happening there? Um, well, the suspensions that we referred to, most of them involve drivers, so, like, that's just a, a driver or Yes, some of them do. Um, 675 was, um, in the case of 675, it's unbelievable. Um, Basically, the broker has a complaint pending. He then, that broker does not, although he has an A-card, he does not have a California, he did not have a California DL, driver's license. So he was summarily suspended and he was on suspension, he then went out and operated Medallion 675, which he's brokering, and was caught at a DUI checkpoint for that behavior. And, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. It's so galling that someone would drive without a DL and on a suspended A-card after being, having another underlying complaint pending at this commission.
3: Again, I'm not, I'm not belittling circumstances like that. My question is, if we're going to see a lot of suspensions, and I'm hearing you say they're just going to be, for the most part, what you've seen are drivers, and there's the oddball medallion one, but if we have a lot of medallion suspensions, I want to know what the process is going to be to get that car back out on the road. I I don't want the person that you arrest to get the merit of that medallion, but I don't want that medallion
0: to sit idle. So the process is that um, we have hearings scheduled for every Friday, from now until the end of the year, with the exception of September 26th, and we, um, you know, we bring cases. I put them on the calendar just as soon as the person feels, you know, sometimes the person. I want to get an attorney. I want more time, but if they say I'm ready to go, the first available hearing, I get them in the soonest available hearing. There is absolutely no unnecessary delay whatsoever. The policy is, you know, to give them the most immediate hearing, but also provide them with the opportunity to represent themselves. So the medallion is not off the street for any more time than it should be, but yes, medallions have been suspended when unlicensed and un people are driving.
3: I, I would like to propose to the Commission, I don't know if this is uh, possible or not, but if it's a suspension of a medallion that affects many different people's livelihoods, that that gets expedited to the front of the line. If it's a driver's situation, I know it sounds unfair, but that's only affecting one livelihood rather than multiple and I would like to see the medallion um, suspensions expedited.
7: I think that's a good point and I think we can expand on that and say that if a medallion is suspended under these circumstances with brokers that that medallion should revert to the company color scheme and only allow the color scheme to provide drivers after that point so that you essentially eliminate brokers and and to carry that further it was explained to me about a week ago uh, to a different individual in the industry uh, from whom I'm really familiar with, but he came up with a very good solution, and uh, I've kicked it around many times with a few individuals here and uh, possibly uh, Ron, wherein a medallion holder should only be allowed to single shift unless he's going to use a color scheme to provide the drivers of the insurance and all the qualifications that these alleged brokers are doing, and that if a person wants to be a broker, they should also pay a fee, exactly what. Uh, high end on the uh, color scheme rate would be so that we can start eliminating brokers because it won't be feasible for them to be providing drivers like this because by them being able to provide a driver we lose control. That's the name of the game right now. That's what we're finding in every case of this uh, from union cab on down to the current Situation: We don't know who's behind the wheel of the car once the guy pays the color scheme $650 or whatever to have his car painted whatever color he's going to have it painted, and then it's gone. From that point on, it's one guy shifting the blame to the other guy. And the, the problem is the broker is making his money off the back of the color scheme by not having to provide anything. And that's where it should stop. So if a, if a medallion holder can only single shift, if he doesn't want anyone else to drive his cab, that's fine. He can single shift. Once we know how many single shifts we had, we'll adjust that with how many cabs we put on the street. And then, and then what happens in the meantime, if he wants that cab to be run 24 hours a day to collect additional income, then he has to go through whatever color scheme he's using to provide those drivers. And that also guarantees for the driver that they're not going to be overcharged for their gates. Right. It makes sense.
1: If I can, uh, I don't want to get too far off the the agenda Mm -hmm. item here now, but if you want to follow up with something, go ahead.
17: Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say it was 675 when I was interviewing that particular broker. I asked him. He had 12 medallions that he was brokering. And I said to him, why don't you open up your own color scheme? And his response to me was, I'm a very smart man. I'm smarter than most of the people in this industry. If I have to go get a business... If I have to go get a license, if I have to go get a piece of property, if I have to pay workman 's comp, if I have to pay to make sure that all my drivers have driver 's license and a cars i won 't make any money so i 'm making money this way by simply brokering the medallions, putting them out there, and letting somebody else be responsible. Those were his words quote well
1: you know i i don 't know what to say, except that that is unacceptable I, <laughs> you know and and there's and i, there, I don 't uh, again, if, if you need empowerment that you have that to go after these people for whatever reason, feel like you have that. I mean, I, again, we're commissioners that sit up here every two weeks. We don't, we're not in on the day-to-day, you know, whether or not people are following the rules that we pass. We believe that there are rules on the books that that, that would disallow that kind of behavior for him to say that to you. And so for us to hear this from you, i got to say I'm frustrated about it.
0: Well, one of the problems is that Um, this particular individual that Ron is speaking of happens to hold an A-card, a driver permit, but some of the other brokers do not, and so the commission has regulatory authority only over permittees. That leaves us with three classes, actually four if you count dispatch, although it's hard to see how a dispatch company would be involved with a broker, but anything's possible. So we have driver permits, we have medallion permits, and we have company permits and dispatch permits. So the commission has regulatory authority and and the teeth really to go after those permits only. So, you know, we can go after the color schemes and we can we can target the color schemes, find them, bring them up for what would ultimately be a revocation or we could do a medallion instead. And so, you know, we're sort of looking for your guidance.
1: I mean, my guidance is that if you go to a color scheme, and they tell you that they don't have a roster for that vehicle then you say, okay, you got till tomorrow to give me a roster of every vehicle that ever goes out under your color scheme and no excuses. I, I, just, I don't think it's an excuse to say that that is under a broker and that we don't know what they're doing over there. I mean, we have rules on the books that say that each color scheme must have the way bills, the rosters, all that stuff. And so I don't know if we need more laws. I think we need to enforce the laws against the, the, the people who control these medallions And I I guess I I disagree that a broker is beyond our reach because you know you can shut down a broker by shutting down the people that he's dealing
17: with, and that's exactly what we're doing, Commissioner. The medallion holder is the ultimate one that has the responsibility. We shut them down. We take that medallion away. We give it to another one that's on that list right now that's been waiting for it for years. That's willing to follow the rules. That's willing to comply with our requests. And then maybe we'll put a stop to some of the problems this industry is having. That's what we're doing. That's the plan that uh, uh, the executive director and I have come up with. And that's the one that seems to have the most teeth. Issuing a citation, they go to traffic court. It may be a $96. The broker will fire the driver, but then the problem continues because he just hires another driver. So we take the medallion away, and that's why I want all medallion holders in San Francisco, to know if you're not following the rules, I'm going to be there working for you.
1: Absolutely. Any any color scheme or any permit holder that is dealing with a broker and they claim that they're beyond our reach is not beyond our reach. That is correct. So, calm down, Paul. <laughs> any other questions? Any other comments? comments? We're, we're gonna I'm gonna figure out how to do this because we have public comment at eight o'clock. But I just want to make sure that Sergeant Reynolds has presented fully I appreciate it even though it got some of us a little bit worked up and it's always good to get worked up on occasion. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to ask everybody who wants to speak under the special order public comment from 8 to 830 to give me a card. I don't have any of those cards yet and I want to determine how long people want to speak under general public comment and I think what I'm going to do, since we want to try to keep to this special order, is is to go right now to public comment and postpone the public comment on Sergeant Reynolds' report until we're after, until we finish Agenda Item uh, 5. Are there any Commissioner comments on what, uh, would you like to follow up, Director Thigpen at all? I mean, I, I know that you requested this hearing and then felt it was important for us to deal with these issues and get them out on the table, and I appreciate that. So uh, is there anything you'd like to add?
0: No, um, you know, each case is considered on its own merits, but, um, you know, we're just we're really concerned. We, you know, one thing that when I go out in public, and I've said this to, m- to many people in the industry, when I go out in public and uh, I tell people what I do, you know, if I meet them somewhere or around the city or whatever, um, or people come up, as they often do, and tell me that they know me from Channel 26, and they know me from the, watching the Tax Commission, which is great that they watch, um, they always, you know, they want to say a complaint about service or this and that. And I always tell them that one thing we're really proud of is our drivers and our great driver population, safe drivers, good drivers, hardworking drivers, et cetera. And I absolutely stand by that sentiment. However, I also want to make sure that we know who's driving these vehicles. And right. that is our safety and service, our interrelated goals of this commission. But safety comes first. So that's all I would say about that. Six. Should I call the special order? Yeah. Item five, public comment. Please limit public comment to items not on the agenda. This is special order public comment beginning at 8 p.m. How many minutes?
1: Uh, three minutes. I have nine cards. So Bill Monsey and then Carl McMurdo.
6: Yeah, I was going to speak on the last order. Do you, do you want me to wait and you're going to have public comment? We'll,
1: we'll, you have three minutes to speak on anything you want. If you want to speak on the last item now, then you won't. You really shouldn't speak on it again when I go to public comment on that. But you could, you could use your time now because you have three minutes now as opposed to one minute then. I
6: got my notes.
1: Oh.
8: Hi. Um. I did want to talk about the cases that were in front of the Board of Appeals uh, on August 20th. One was the findings in the case of the young Yi. He was an applicant whom this commission removed from the list because he didn't have enough hours. He was 200 hours short in one year, and he had a disability. And so he was revoked, and uh, there was a hearing of the Board of Appeals, and they felt that he was entitled to a Uh, medallion. They actually ruled that in the absence of a policy, an ADA accommodation policy for applicants, the board, at least in that particular case, and I think they'll do it in every case, will afford applicants the same policy considerations that medallion holders are afforded. So I would think that would be that year 2006 resolution that actually the medallion holders are in court fighting, but that will for the time being at least apply to uh, applicants as well so it would allow them a full year every five years and one-third reduction three years in a row, things like that. Um, This man had to, 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 he gave out his medical information which probably violates his confidentiality. I think he had struggled with polio and um, so you saw the same thing a little bit in the Martin Kaczynski case and so the, the hearings were, the findings were approved and then they have become final. So I I think that you need a policy or at least if some applicant comes up here um, you should consider that before revoke or denying them the application. Uh, the problem right now is that the integrity of the ADA for the applicants is uh, sort of violated because no one's reviewing this. We have cases where people are just saying to the Board of Appeals I was disabled and they're taking it on face value without anyone doing a review as far as I can tell. Um, the other case that went forward that same night was a man named Khaldun Sukar, and he had been removed because he didn't respond to a letter telling him he was at the top of the list and he was in Jordan apparently for ten months. And the issue became focused at the Board of Appeals on whether or not he was telling the truth that he was in Jordan. And it got pretty absurd. Uh, he had to get a, he had a sealed letter from the Jordanian consulate. He had original stamped passports. And finally, the Board of Appeals got exasperated and overturned it and said put him back on the top of the list. Um, So what I would suggest is there's some ways to handle this. You could send out certified letters and maybe have an abeyance list for letters that weren't received. Or you could, at least if you revoke someone and they come back and there's a plausible explanation, then you could um, afford them some consideration and let them apply again. Uh, Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Is uh, Ben Deal here? Ben, sorry, I didn't see your card here. Got some good news for us.
19: Good evening, commissioners. My name is Ben Deal with a company called Clean Energy. We provide compressed natural gas. uh, It's North America and specifically in the Bay Area, we have seven stations that uh, we operate, uh, primarily in Oakland and in San Francisco. Wanted to bring the good news tonight that we've recently opened a new station in the Presidio. We had a partnership with the Presidio Trust to open um, a new CNG station. And it's located off of Halleck and Young Street uh, right next to the Doyle Bridge <coughs> to, the over, to the overspan. Um, as you know, uh, just in with accordance to the green taxi program that Mayor Newsom has put in, in accordance with the ta- taxi cab commission, uh, the CNG vehicles are an important piece to that. And with the talk of a lot of the uh, rising fuel costs that a lot of the cab operators are experiencing, uh, are compressed natural gas is <coughs> currently retailing for 269 <coughs> a gas gallon equivalent in the Bay Area. So there's a good opportunity for a lot of cost savings along with the environmental benefit of natural gas. And uh, I just asked to continue to support the um, compressed natural gas uh, along with the hybrids uh, through the green taxi program. And I'm happy to be here to support all the cab companies, the cab commission. Look forward to working with you all going forward with that. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, Ben, what is your role? Are you What do do you do at Cleveland?
19: I'm the new account manager. I work specifically in the Bay Area. Okay, so so I work with Doug Cameron.
1: Okay. We've met a lot of your other people and worked closely with them when we were writing our law, so we want to welcome you. But I want you to describe a little bit more precisely where the new station is.
19: I've got a map, actually.
1: And what steps have you taken to uh, reach out to the companies where the CNG vehicles are? There's several. Not everyone has them, but they're sort of concentrated in a handful of companies. so I want to make sure all the drivers down there because lack of fueling infrastructure on the north side of the city was a huge problem for years. I mean, there was nothing on the north side of the yep. city. So now something being near the Golden Gate Bridge is very important.
19: Yeah, um, I do have a map that just kind of outlines where it is. It's not in the most uh, directly accessible, but it was the property that the Presidio had been operating. and. Um, can yeah, that was there. one of the needs that we definitely wanted to address is just to give, um, give the cab drivers that are operating in the city <laughs> the opportunity to uh, fuel in the north side of the city. Is it up? Can we see where it is there?
0: And we're actually putting a map of all the stations on our website okay. so that drivers can go there. We're, we're re- updating our website right now in the office and making it. Is it up right now? Yeah, it's, it's actually up right now. Yeah. So. so we'll probably we'll add, again, this one? add this
19: one. Yeah. Okay. It's right off, uh, this is Mason Road in the Marina Green. And then the station is right adjacent to Doyle Drive. And it can be accessed from Lincoln Boulevard uh, to Halleck and then off of Halleck on Young Street.
0: This was actually great because um, one of your colleagues actually approached me last year and was like, Hey, we're trying to put a station in the Presidio. And I was like, well, it's a lot of bureaucracy because it's a, it's a trust, and, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll help you as much as I can. But it went so quickly. It's amazing. It was really there to be commended for their work. So.
19: Yeah, Presidio is definitely committed to having CNG vehicles. Um, they operate a good fleet with their Presidio uh, shuttle service that they operate, and then they also have their fleet vehicles as well. So we just want to make, make it more accessible to use uh, CNG in the city so and supporting the cabs as well.
1: Okay, great. Thanks a lot.
19: Thanks. And I'll leave a couple of flyers too.
1: Thanks. Mike Spain and Emil Lawrence.
7: Bill, Bill was first. He didn't get to oh, you want to you speak again?
6: Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Good evening, Commissioners. Good evening, um, everybody else. Uh, in this talk, just a, a little bit about the CNG. Um, I, in the last six weeks, I've been to the one on 3rd and 22nd that's been broken twice. Six weeks in, a, in, in different days in a row, and I have to go to the airport to fill it up. There's not enough pumps, the one on 22nd and 3rd, because if it goes down, they're both down. And it's over. You've got to go to the airport. You know even if there's one in the presidio it 's too far to go to fill up at the end of your shift because twenty third and second uh, twenty third and third is is where the cab companies are, so you know if I go to the airport i got to waste a lot of gas coming back from the airport, so that 's just something I had to say when he was telling you how wonderful him was um, second point is uh this business about brokers and uh, long term leases and all the rest of it I'm sure I know there's a lot of, of cab companies who are genuinely doing the right thing with these long term le- leases but these brokers have got to go they've got to go it's, it's the same thing to me as the limos and everything else they're doing it because they can nobody's checking them I, like, I love the idea about taking away the medallion that's a great idea if you follow through on that and do that, that that will really save a, a um, save a lot of problems, and uh, that'll be a, a, a good thing to do. Um, Sergeant Reynolds is a savior. He really is. He's a, he's doing a wonderful job, and I can't say that for everybody in this room. But he is doing a wonderful job, and. Uh, If they want to do away with the taxi detail, which it looks like they're doing slowly but surely, the people in this city have no idea how the problem, how big the problem is with taxis. They have no clue. So rather than doing away with it, they ought to add more officers. You know, do they really want this cab to be run on a ramshackle basis for a bunch of cabs that nobody cares about? Because you can't you can't bust them because they say something absurd to you. When you're a police officer and you say something like that to a police officer, you should get busted immediately. That's nonsense. So if you go to make a law, do it, please. Thank you.
1: Mike Span and Mill
6: Lawrence.
11: now for something different. Um. I would like this commission to request the Board of Supervisors to license bicycles in uh, in San Francisco. I think it's about time and I see this as a a two-part question where why would this commission do it and and why license bicycles? On the first part, why would this commission do it? Bicycles are becoming more and more, uh, 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 there's more and more of the roadway devoted to them and they come in contact with taxi cabs and passenger vehicles and buses and everyone else. So it is, it, it, because they take up so much of the roadway, they're causing a, a, a more and more congestion for our, for our business. It takes us much longer to get from A to B and to ferry passengers around the city because much of our roadway has been taken away from us for the use of, of bicycles. Now, to the question, that's why I believe this commission has some jurisdiction or, or ha- has the ability to request the Board of Supervisors to, to look at it. The second part, I believe that there are four good reasons why bicycles need to be licensed. First, they use the roadway, and the roadway is very expensive, and they should have to pay for their use of the roadway in the same way that we do through our gasoline tax. The idea that, they, that, that a, a part of the roadway should be just given to them free and clear is kind of a a passe way of looking at at mass transportation. The second reason is theft. By licensing bicycles, you prevent bicycle theft. It's it's been a major problem for years and it continues and bicycles no longer are cheap. They're not a hundred dollar item. They can be a five to a ten thousand dollar item and we need a way of tracking these bicycles so if they are found to be in the wrong hands, there's a way of returning them to the owner. The third thing is is a scuff law and safety. It is important to to, to, uh, tag bicycles when they break the law. And by having a bicycle license on the back of a bike, you then... Can, can ticket that person. And, and the bicyclist may, may have done something, a small infraction or a major one. It's pretty easy for a bicyclist to knock over somebody and just keep moving. This way you can actually, someone can take down the license number of the bike the same way they do on an automobile and you have a way of finding that person and making them responsible. And of course there is the last, which figures into this last thing, is liability. Um, There's liability both for the bicyclist as as a driver of a vehicle and there's there's the liability that if the bicyclist uh, does a scuff law, like runs a red light, who do you think is going to pay for that bicyclist if he's injured? I see bicyclists constantly running red lights and traffic signs as if they are immune from prosecution, which they seem to be. Now, if I hit one of them because they ran a stop sign, My insurance is going to be responsible because there's no court in this land that's going to say the bicyclist was at fault, even if he ran the red light. In fact, I have to pay Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Kind of a
1: tenuous connection to our jurisdiction here. But Keith Raskin or Emil Lawrence, then Keith Raskin.
10: Commissioners, um, I have a few points here to make. I think also is that I would like to commend Sergeant Reynolds. I think he did a hell of a job. I think it's a long overdue job. Should have been done years ago, let alone today or last month. But I think that type of progress is what this commission should enforce or attempt to promote in the future. Also, I'd like to say is that, you know, there were there, earlier that the director brought up the shortage or the missing booklets, I don't understand why the taxi commission rules aren't sitting in a stack right here. The ramp van rules aren't sitting in a stack here because part of the commission hearings are under the Sunshine Laws that disseminate information to the public at large. You got 7,000 A-card holders and what do they got to do? They got to barricade the taxi office or the taxi director's office for a brochure. That's nonsense. They should be available at this hearing in stacks almost every time you have a meeting here. So drivers can disseminate them, hand them, pick them out, read them, and reread them. They need to know the rules. Last is that, that, uh, coming back to, I think I asked this commission once or twice in the past about the hours versus the shifts. And I didn't get a definitive answer. I think, Mr. Gillespie, you were going to take it under consideration and find out. Because if you read the shifts here, that a lot of them are doing three hours or five hours. How many hours can you do in a shift? There's no definitive rule on that. I think the Taxi Commission in the past made it an eight-hour shift, but that doesn't hold true either because there's a lot of 10, 12, 14-hour shifts out there, let alone 24-hour shifts. So we need something definitive on that, and I bring it up for one reason is that I think everyone here knows that I'm at the top of the ramp medallion list for a ramp medallion, probably coming up very shortly. American Cab lost all or threw out all my waybills. I won't need them anyway. Big Dog refuses to turn over my waybills. And I also, I think I called the Taxi Commission where they tried to force me to drive a cab one night. This is five years ago, of course. And I refused to do it because the cab was so dilapidated and out of control. But last but not least is this. I, I bring this article up that our ex-director wrote in the California lawyer, it's one big pack of lies about what she did in this commission over a period of time and that she wasn't forced to resign. She resigned on her own accord at her will. It's a lie. And it brings back the integrity of this commission going back to the new director that Heidi Makin had picked. So I sent a rebuttal which you're entitled to read There's seven copies here to the California lawyer exactly how this commission is formulated or even how the director directs for the public at large with the consent of Gavin Newsom, the mayor. I thank you for your time. Thank
1: you. Keith Raskin and Steve Remers.
20: Good evening, commissioners. I didn't want a meeting to go by without talking about illegal limos. So here I am. <laughs> Uh, I brought this a uh, couple weeks ago, and, and I'd like for you to all take a look at it again. And all I'm asking for would be permission to put this on my cab or any cab that would want this.
1: When you say put it on, what do you mean?
20: To attach it to the side of the vehicle.
0: He's been into the office, and he we designed <laughs> this. And so what what needs to happen is he and I've been really busy the past couple weeks, but. He and I need to meet, and then we'll, we'll bring it to you for this idea. It would be an idea that would, you know, basically teach the public that, you know, don't take illegal transportation because part of the problem with illegal transportation is the public perception that it's okay to get into a black town car and what, you know, perform what is equivalent to a hitchhiking act. So we'll bring it to you, hopefully at, by September 23rd. Um, okay. And we'll but we'll we'll talk offline. Yeah, let's
1: it. do this through proper channels. Keith. okay Now start attaching just, things to the outside of your camera. Yeah, it out. seemed yeah. like
20: we weren't going to talk about, about illegal limos. And I didn't couldn't wanna, let that possibly yeah, yeah, no, happen. That's, I, it would be that. a record, I think. Yes,
1: though, so. can't have that happen. <laughs> can't <let> that happen. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Stephen. And then Mark Ruber.
4: Hi. Um, well, again, we're reminded that everything needs kind of a good going over. Uh, maybe going backwards. I mean, we used to be able to tell somebody to uh, turn around and go get Mrs. Robinson on 43rd because she needs to get to the doctor. Now we can't do that. So the, the, the city really needs to come up with a way since this is their property that we're maintaining and, and uh, keeping the value up on and providing you know, service with. That um, this request for service also can come with other things like, you know, they have a baby, a need for a baby buggy or they need to fit five people or other things like that. Somehow or another, we need to be able to communicate uh, legally and without uh, uh, making everybody an an employee, which uh, apparently a lot of them uh, don't want to do. But... um, Another thing we gotta keep in mind is that r- right now the, the way the medallions are set up and the, the whole of a medallion, they're basically, the, the, the knee-jerk response is, okay, I gotta make as much money with this as fast as I can, I can't get caught, I can't do this, like, you know, and so that's really what is being done. This medallion is being milked. How do you milk it? You become a broker, you come with this, you know, you take your car you know, all this other stuff. Once these medallions have real value, the value the, the other factors will come into place to maintain that value. We as a company we do not want people to say oh geez I hope I don't get a slimy unknowledgeable rude driver that there, that shouldn't be an issue and when again when things are in place to maintain its value and to maintain the the, the industry um, those 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 things will be easier eas more easily addressed and again, if we could just you know with the the city and this the, the state maybe can come up with something so that we can at least be able to tell them oh by the way it 's you know it 's seven uh, seven hundred green street and get out of the car and ring the doorbell and help them <laughs> we, we have to be able to, we have to be able to get to the point where we can do this and there 's certainly a lot of us in the industry and uh, uh, others that uh, can help the commission do a lot of this work as far as the you know the policing or maintaining and uh, those other types of things. So, uh, Again, we may have to go backwards, but a rework is definitely called for. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Mark Ruberg and Rich Hybels.
9: Good evening again, Commissioners. Mark Ruberg. First, I want to say that uh, the taxi detail needs to have the full complement of uh, budgeted personnel that are supposed to be in that office. Uh, the work is overwhelming. Um, it's much more than can be done uh, by the staff that they have and it sounds like they don't have their full staff right now. And It may not be this commissions um, purview to to, to do that, it sounds like something that uh, a decision made in the police department, but I think that this commission can can certainly send a message to the uh, police department or the police commission that these positions are budgeted, and uh, there 's a reason and purpose for that, and uh, those positions need to be filled. I cannot help but think, despite what Sergeant Reynolds says about the ongoing limousine enforcement that th- this has to be detracting from the department's and the details ability to do the limousine enforcement that is so desperately desperately uh, needed in this city and um, there is just no excuse for that. This is an economic issue of gigantic proportions uh, for our industry. It needs to be dealt with and the taxi detail is 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 an absolutely crucial component of that the, the The taxi commission has its own investigatory staff they i 'm sure they have you know tons to do, and the police are very well equipped to go out and do limo uh, enforcement so uh, there needs to be more of that. The other thing I wanted to mention um, and uh, it goes back to a remark or remarks that the president of the commission has made at this meeting and a previous one i think quite innocently but nonetheless I, I do want to take exception to it and it, it, I'm not talking about any individual's case but it has come up where um, somebody has come before the commission and they don't have enough waybills bills to show that they have complied with the driving requirement and they have offered to bring other evidence forward and they've been told that that evidence really isn't evidence and that is really not the the, the, the right answer because drivers are, are in a bind, they're in a catch-22 they are responsible for providing the way bills to prove that they've driven the shifts but the companies are the custodians of those waybills. bills and if the companies have done something with the waybills, bills the driver has to have, be able to show through other evidence that they have driven the shifts now it's still up to the commission to weigh the, 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 the weight of the evidence the credibility of the evidence that's up to you but if somebody has other evidence to show that they drive that is relevant evidence
1: thank you thank you Richard Highballs and then K- Kajendra
14: well as as a guy losing another medallion at the next meeting because the uh, I can't pay the medallion or three thousand dollars a month I'm certainly concerned about the broker situation and I said quite a long time ago that if the brokers were denied the outrageous gates they charge I've heard just wild stories uh, they wouldn't be able to do it but And I I agree that uh, going for the medallion owner, making the medallion owner responsible, it will definitely be more uh, salutary than than going after the companies. But you've probably forgotten a man named Joseph Briel. You revoked his medallion, what, four years ago? He still has it. So it's fine and dandy to talk revocation, but uh, he's already filed a lawsuit against you and had it all settled and done in the time that his revocation thing is still
1: going nowhere. Thanks. Kajendra and then Jane Bollig.
21: Good evening. UDW got horse medallions on, uh, on the name of the drivers on the waiting list. UDW never thought that UTW is getting those medallions. This respected commission and presidents provided those medallions to them, to them. Only for the pol- uh, political bribe. But whenever ETW is defeated and he starts yelling, crying, and screaming against the commissioner uh, as, a, as well as president. President is responsible for, for everybody like drivers, <coughs> medallion holders, companies, and main thing is public. UTW should accept the defeat. Defeat after defeat after defeat. UTW says yellow company drivers are employees. Is UTW is giving employee benefit, pension, and all other welfare programs to the green cap drivers. What does EDW have welfare programs for the green cap drivers? Set the example first, then speak later. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Jane Bolig and then Jim Gillespie.
22: Um, Commissioner uh, Benjamin uh, brought up uh, the issue of single operators as, uh, in effect, Um, peak time permits and uh, that's been brought up before and I hope that uh, you'll devote more thought to that possibility uh, because it's a way of not having to reinvent anything uh, but making use of of something that's accessible without any special uh, regulations. Um, I was shocked to hear that the taxi detail may be on the way out. I, I certainly hope not because Uh, We need the detail uh, obviously from uh, uh, from Sergeant Reynolds report tonight we need that report uh, the the, the detail. We need the detail because it has a wealth of history and experience that simply can't be duplicated. You can't get it by starting something up anew. Uh, So I I would like to get more information about whether or not this is a live possibility Uh, because I I hope the commission would would dedicate itself uh, to supporting the detail and its continuance. Um, Lastly, the the sergeant's report on the uh, permit brokers. Uh, I think many of us, if not most of us, uh, feel that the brokers are doing, at the minimum, a disservice to this industry. And by the nature of the sergeant's report, it sounds as if... Uh, they're threatening just the very fabric of the industry itself because if these people can operate with impunity as uh, evidently they have uh, then there's, there's really no sense in us keeping our doors open or this commission even being in business uh, and I hope that each company will work with the sergeant and I can't speak for my board of directors but uh, I've Im- invited the sergeant to come and talk to us at one of our board meetings so that we can find ways of working together to address this problem of the brokers. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I think Commissioner Bolick, is a member of the Taxi Advisory Group. I think the whole question of the taxi detail is a legitimate one to raise at that forum as well as whatever we can do here because that's sort of the f- first that I'd heard of it myself. It's also not here.
0: reality. The taxi details is not going anywhere. Okay. This commission was brought up by right. Jane at yes. the Taxi Advisory Group and the taxi details not being dissolved so I don't, I don't I'm don't. i sorry if you had that perception from yeah. Sergeant Reynolds comments and he has actually put in a card to yes. address this but I can tell you that the taxi detail is not being dissolved. Everyone in the city family recognizes the right. fact that we need police presence to assist in regulating this industry. its There's no question in anyone's mind. Oh, good. So Taxi detail is not going anywhere.
1: So. Thank you, Director. Jim Gillespie and then uh, Martin Smith and Charles Rathbone are the last three cards I have.
23: Hi, Commissioner. Someone. Jim Gillespie of Yellow Cab. Um, one of the things I'll address on uh, regarding CNG, and it's some uh, you hes- hesitate to put out news until it happens to make sure, but uh, PG&E is, uh, looks like uh, over the next two, three weeks is completing uh, the input of the lines at Yellow Cab where we're going to be expanding to, uh, you know, four full pumps and, uh, and we have already in the past opened it up to other companies and on a regular basis every day we have other companies besides Yellow Cab that are filling up at our facility and that will continue and then with the uh, four pumps it will be uh, an additional station now to, uh, to other drivers in the city. Um, as far as the taxi detail, I think the concern there is the fact, not that it necessarily is going away, but uh, it has been depleted uh, quite a bit, and I think that's still a concern on my part. I'd like to see you know, more uh, uh, badged uh, you know, officers you know, involved in the department and uh, felt they were much more efficient when they had more numbers. I think Sergeant Reynolds works hard to, to do what he can, but it's tough being a one-man show. Um, the uh, other thing I want to mention for, regarding brokers, I am happy there's something that... Uh, uh, Executive Director Thinkpen mentioned uh, at the end of her comments and, and saying that uh, she really supported the drivers and I, I was I know she does but I was happy to have that said publicly um, because quite often when I was listening to Sergeant Reynolds comments I totally agree with all the things that are going on um, but you know I'm, I go to work every day trying to you know what can we do to make things better and I see a lot of great you know owners a lot of great drivers a lot of you know hard-working legal you know long-term leases and all the rest and I but I've also said for a long time that there are a percentage of bad people out there brokers included that need to be gotten rid of and I, I just don't want the focus to be as such that the glass becomes half empty instead of half full because I think the majority of people do operate legally I think we have a great industry and certainly we want to continue to try to make it better and there's room for improvement uh, certainly uh, I would echo Jane's comments as far as Know, companies being supportive uh, of the taxi detail and, and eliminating uh, these broker situations. Uh, I have uh, been cooperative uh, when I've been able to uh, and known of situations. And so I think that uh, as an industry, if we're supportive of, of what the detail is doing, this is something we want to get rid of. And uh, But I do think that the industry is very doing very well and there's you know, a lot of good things to be said about it. Um, Lastly, on 3, uh, 311, um, I, to put these numbers in perspective, I, I would think that eventually, once people get used to it, the, the complaints might get up to four or 500 complaints, and I wouldn't be alarmed at that in the sense that if you're talking about we get uh, 50,000 uh, trips per day with taxi cabs here in San Francisco, a million and a half trips a month. Um, certainly, you know, we're get right now at 257 calls in August. That means there was one complaint for every 6,000 trips. And so I just want to keep that in perspective.
1: Thank you for that. I appreciate you. that. Martin Smith and then Charles Rathbone. My number of cards has miraculously expanded from 9 to 18.
12: <laughs> Thank you, again, yeah, Commissioners. Martin Smith, uh, Luxor Cab, uh, Ron Reynolds has got the the the, the 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 taxi industry on his shoulders, and we just hope it doesn't weigh him down and crush him because it's overwhelming. He called for he, one thing. Ron did say he called for a, more or less a subcommittee or a, a committee to go over the the, the long-term leases, the uh, the brokers, and believe me, at this point, they're, they're broker the the long sub long-term leases, the, most of them are. No, the ones I've seen, I can't say most of them, but there's a lot of them out there that are four levels, and they're and they're charging almost four thousand to those leases, and the leases go ahead and, and 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 hire drivers. I know when, in my previous company that it, whenever I see a, a, a waybill show up with that's not on the roster, right away I uh, yank the. the the medall- call the medallion holder and say, "Listen, this guy's got to come off the road. I have no paperwork for him. The insurance doesn't cover him." And the, the thing is, there has to be a committee because the brokers are, are damaging this industry to a point that, that they're not paying their bills. They leave people hanging. They put out their They're, they're putting drivers out there that aren't licensed. I've seen this. It's, it's, it's out there. and and. and there, there, Some drivers are being charged. You know, there has to be a committee. To, you know, there's charged charge a charged for shifts they don't work because the car breaks down. But they still say, well, you know, who are you gonna go complain to? This is, you know, does no, you, know, you can't complain to anybody. You want to work? If you don't, if you, if if, if, you, if you complain, you're out of here. You know, I think uh, we should bring uh, Sergeant Reynolds. Uh, idea of a, a committee. We should bring it forward and, and, and really hash this out because between the long-term leases, the brokers and, 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 and there are a lot of good luck term leases, but don't get me wrong, but there's there's a lot of bad ones also.
1: Thank you. Charles Rathbone and Tariq Mahmood.
20: Good evening, Commissioners. Charles Rathbone and Luxor Cab. Um, I'd like to say uh, hats off uh, to Sergeant Reynolds. The uh, work that he's doing uh, sheds uh, light in an area that really really needs uh, some illumination. Uh, that said, uh, uh, the uh, work that Sergeant Reynolds is doing uh, will cause some uh, distress for uh, Luxor Cab Company. I mean, one of our uh, medallions is now sitting on your desk. Uh, it's no secret that we have have a, uh, an issue with brokers at Luxor. Uh, nonetheless, we. Uh, earnestly welcome uh, Sergeant Reynolds and uh, the director's good work in this area. Uh, We could get rid of uh, the broker situation at uh, Luxor uh, tomorrow. Uh, The one problem is that uh, there are a dozen other companies that they would simply uh, turn around and go to. So it does not make sense for any company to unilaterally try to tackle this problem. It needs a systemic response. So, I would like to make a suggestion to the uh, commissioners as to how uh, do you go about tackling this. It's great to say, oh, we have got to do something about the brokers, but what precisely? Uh, Again, I would suggest that what you ought to do is to very precisely define what kinds of business relationships and business organizations uh, you uh, recognize as legal and legitimate. Once you have done that, it's very easy to recognize anything that does not fit that description. Then you know it's illegal. You don't have to question about, well, lairs and, you know, brokers and stuff like that. You say either it is or it isn't. For instance, you will most likely want to define a cab company operating with gates and gas drivers as a legitimate business or relationship that you will rec- recognize and accept. You will probably want to recognize single shifting by a medallion holder as a legitimate mode of operation. I suspect you'll probably find uh, one or two or maybe uh, more than that other uh, types of relationships that would, uh, that would uh, fit the, uh, the sniff test for the commission and say that they would be acceptable. But the key is to make a a precise definition of what is okay. Then you know that everything else is not okay. So that's my suggestion. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Tariq Mahmood. The last last speaker will be Bob Hazelcorn.
13: Good evening, Commissioner Tariq Mahmood. Once again, before we forget what we talked an hour ago, we need meter increase. Next, there was a time I heard that a vote was taken that the drivers want to be employee or independent contractors, and there was also a time when the companies start distributing the application form asking the driver if they want to be employee or independent contractor. I came to know that the overwhelming majority of the drivers said they prefer to be independent contractors. So, So maybe next meeting we'll dig out that record second thing somebody a familiar face says yellow on fire it's not yellow on fire we want to stay independent contractor and edd is not going to come and enforce their clauses on us they will simply walk in and ruin the company and we the drivers who have much liberty in making the money will lose all that money and will go 50% down in income anyhow the next was about the yellow picnic as we have a St. Boniface Church uh, driver's blessing and the food, similar to that. On September, uh, this few days ago, there was a picnic at Jello. And I'll hand over you the pictures for the commissioners to take a look. And it's only one hour picture. The picnic went on for four or five hours. The drivers kept on coming and going. <laughs> now, as talking about other issue about commis- President Paul Gillespie, I've seen a group continuously coming and insulting President Paul Gillespie. This poster was posted at the airport many times. Many drivers brought it to me. Then another was made against the yellow president, showing his hand, like a, made a gun on top of it, and said against the yellow driver. This kind of posters, this kind of fake information, they should stop it. Now. Talking about this, all this insult makes no sense. They need to know how to fight the political fight and how to respect other person. Yellow President Paul Gresby is a very smart, very capable, very intelligent person, and we respect uh, uh, Paul Gresby completely. We do have difference with him many times, but we appreciate your knowledge of the industry. Thank you very much for that, President Paul Gresby. As regards to President of Yellow, Nate, his health is not good, and we pray that he should be okay soon. He has been very kind to hundreds of drivers. Anybody came to his office, he never refused to help that person, no matter how bad the situation was. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Von Hazelcorn, will be the last speaker. Oh.
24: Well, I'm sorry I ran in so late. I was under the impression we were going to start later.
0: Well, the agenda does get moved, but I have no control over that. Okay?
24: Next time I'll know. Anyhow, uh, I wanted to speak uh, to two things uh, in particular. Uh, Number one, uh, support for uh, Ron Reynolds and the taxi detail. That uh, is self-evident. The fact that uh, um, the taxi detail with Jordana were... uh, 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 were just performing yeoman work on uh, um, trying to corral these uh, illegal bandit limos uh, and uh, with great success uh, and now they've been waylaid to uh, um, dealing with um, uh, these brokers and uh, uh, scofflaw cab drivers. Uh, is it, It's it has a direct impact on drivers being able to make a living. These limos have, have uh, uh, truly um, uh, diverted a huge amount of our income over the last year, especially. Uh, and uh, um, we need uh, um, um, the taxi detail uh, to be able to deal with those kinds of issues. The fact that they can't at all deal with it right now is a huge uh, problem for cab drivers. Uh, moreover, it speaks to the, well anyhow, uh, that's one thing. Uh, The second thing is uh, uh, with regard to uh, this issue of independent contractor and employee and all those definitions, uh, uh, we will, the UTW will be holding a uh, um, large meeting coming up next week on the 18th, uh, Thursday, 5 p.m. Ms. Breslin, hope to see you there again uh... in any event uh... we will be uh... uh featuring uh, several speakers i won't be specific uh... right now uh... they'll come out in our in our just terribly nasty uh... uh flyers but uh... in any event uh... that we hope will be a, a huge uh... leg up for people's understanding about uh, what these what this issue really is up to date uh, we've been getting uh, all of our information uh and disinformation from cab companies about how horrible uh, uh, the, uh, uh, an employee status would be, how we'd all be uh, making minimum wage, and uh, we'd all be wearing uniforms, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we really need to find out from the horse's mouth what of that is true and what isn't. So it'll be a strictly informational meeting, and uh, we hope uh, that uh, drivers uh, and interested parties will attend. That'll be at the Plumber's Hall. Uh, I don't have the exact address, but it's on, uh, on Market opposite Franklin, and uh, that'll be uh, next week, the 18th. So uh, we need support for Ron Reynolds and the next detail.
1: Sergeant Reynolds, you want to follow up on some of the comments? If I
14: could, please.
17: Thank you. Um, I want to apologize if I let anybody believe that the taxi detail was going to be disbanded. That is not the case. Um, I just wanted to point out that there's going to be some tributes, and or there's going to be some issues and um, problems in the future. Um, also, when we go to MTA, we have no exact understanding what our role will be in that move. Um, I was given a draft copy of and I'm not sure I understand which group this is, the PERF and this is dated August 2008 and it's titled uh, optimal staffing for the San Francisco Police Department and again this is just a draft but their recommendation is that there is adequate staffing in the non enforcement there is adequate adequate staffing in the taxi detail Non-enforcement personnel should be civilianized to redeploy sworn resources and maintain service, service at reduced fiscal impact. Therefore, the unit should consist of one sergeant, one officer, and two civilians. That is what the current, um, that is what the, the current draft is for the police department when they are going to be uh, civ- uh, civilianizing and slimming down to uh, find ways to cut costs. So I just wanted to bring that to you. That is their recommendation, one sergeant, one officer, and two civilians. But we are not going away.
1: Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. Okay, public comment is closed. Now we'll take uh, public comment on agenda item six, which we didn't do at the end of Sergeant Reynolds' report. If anybody wants to comment on that agenda item for one minute. Is there anyone? Go ahead, Mike. You're the only one as I see it. Not about bicycles, no.
11: No, uh, but your last comment that you don't have jurisdiction, of course you have jurisdiction. You can make any kind of recommendation to the board that you wish. Um, what is this, one minute? I thought I had three minutes. No, Speak
0: into no. the microphone, please, Michael.
11: Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Um, with all respect to uh, Sergeant Reynolds, uh, I know how hard he works, and I know how hard everyone at the Taxi Commission works, but the, prior, the prioritizing that I heard from him, I have to disagree with wholeheartedly. He said our biggest problem today is the layers and the the brokers No, it is still the limousines and out-of-town cut taxis and they do not want to take on this problem I don't know why they don't want to tackle this problem I know it's an enormous problem but that that group takes hundred, tens of thousands of dollars a day out of the taxi industry hundreds of thousand of dollars a month out of the taxi industry and they're totally unre- unregulated why wouldn't some a card holder smart off to sergeant Reynolds yeah, take my A card. I don't care. I'll I'll, I'll be in a, a motor vehicle for hire in two seconds. Why? Because there's no regulation of these unlicensed, illegal motorized vehicles for hire. Because you guys will not get on the taxi detail to do some regulation of them. Why wouldn't I do it if they took my A card? Thank you. Hey, Paul. Um,
8: one minute's awfully tough. I'd suggest maybe two minutes more often than one in the future for some of these. I'll speak as fast as I can. Uh, regarding, depending on the question a new medallion holder who's from another country is asked, you might get no hablo inglés or you might get Shakespearean quotes. So some people do speak convenient English, but with that said, there are a lot of people now, especially with the Omar Ben being here for 30 years that more and more people from other cultures are coming in and getting medallions and they don't speak English as a first language. I would suggest with Patricia maybe at the Rules Committee we could develop some requirement for an orientation session, just maybe a 20 minute one where the new medallion holder gets a copy of the rule and regulation booklet and also someone explains the difference between the legitimate color scheme and a broker. Um, in New York City, the brokers are seen as act- active and important players in the process, but they have garages, I believe, in New York versus legitimate college schemes here. So, I personally do think you're doing the right thing, and Sergeant Reynolds working hard on that, and it is good to get rid of the broker system here. The 311 complaint system, to me, is too easy to, uh, do. I mean, here's, like, here's a complaint form, you fill it out and triplicate the, uh, office is on the 45th floor, the elevator's broken, etc. People are going to complain about a lot of things. Thank, Thank you. you.
23: Just to follow up on 311 on complaints, which uh, again, I, I think it's it's good for the public to have this. Uh, I would like to ask, and I don't know where the, the hang up is. I'm sure it's not with our, you know, our, our staff, but it might be through 311. The last two uh faxes that I've received from the taxi commission regarding following up on 311 calls were four or five month old you know, like the one I got uh, yesterday uh, here has uh, a complaint stated um, from April 18th through April 28th and it's virtually impossible to follow up you know the information I hear unsafe driving did not yield at a stop sign uh, from April 18th I do have a cab number on all these but you know and I can trace who the driver was but coming up, you know, five months later and asking a driver what happened, um, I think I'm going to get it shrugged shoulders. Where if I get called about up a week or two later, he's going to say, oh, yeah, I remember that. So I, I would just kind of voice the fact that we're getting this pretty old. I'm sure there's a reason for it, but I'm hoping whatever that reason is, can get corrected here fairly soon.
1: Is that normal that it would take that long? Lately. But he, <laughs>
0: but, yeah. he's. If you want, like, we can have a whole... Agenda item on 311 to address why that's occurring. Um, basically, like, it was just a perfect storm of factors that created a backlog of cases, and we're dealing with it. And with SFPD's assistance, like, it was when I came into the position that I'm in now in March, it was one of my first priorities as far as administration of the office. The backlog had grown to in the thousands of complaints. And so, I've got one staff member now that I'm, I've allocated just to dealing with 311 complaints, and we're trying to keep them current, like, because we, it's not a static number, more come in every day. And so we're trying to keep current, approximately 50% of them concern lost and found. So today I met with the deputy city administrator, and we're going to, we're developing a new system for lost and found, and we're going to, we have a whole procedure that we're doing through one. we're updating the whole system and tracking, we'll be able to track complaints by company. We have a, a bunch of things that we're doing. But in the meantime, yes, um, we're, we're trying to get rid of the old ones, and um, we're trying not to send people ones that are just hopelessly outdated, but Taxi Detail is handling some of them as well. So there's, there may have been the one to send you th- those ones from April, um, but certainly my staff has been instructed that, hey, you know, if it's a guy running a red light in December of 2007, probably we shouldn't be sending that to the companies.
1: Really, yeah. almost anything. I mean, lost and found would be virtually impossible yeah. five months after the fact, but yeah. Do you want to add something, Sergeant?
17: Yes, if I could. Um, prior to 311, the taxi detail handled all the complaints coming in um, to uh, with, from the taxi industry, and we had two secretaries in our unit. And what they basically did was they triaged almost all the complaints. So the ones they, they also had an experience in law enforcement. They were able to know what they could, in fact, take, what they couldn't take, what could be solved, and what couldn't be solved. When 311 came in, it was a um, very um, grandiose um, program which has worked out very well, but we wanted to try to incorporate everything. We were told that every place 311 had gone in before, the workload had increased double or triple. And so we knew this was going to be coming. However, there was no new people allocated to handle this. And so we are up to a hundred and fifteen pages in the computer of backlog cases. We are working feverishly trying to get the six month backlog taken care of. Um, and unfortunately it's resources and we will get 75 done in a week and then we'll have a bad weekend and we'll get hundred and twenty. So we take one step forward and one step back. And, and we are doing our very best um, that we can. but. As people are finding that there is an avenue for them to complain about uh, poor service, they are um, using that, and uh, it's giving us some help, too.
0: You can imagine how many MTA gets, like the bus is late, someone called in, and then lost and found with MTA. So I'm actually working with the city administrator. I'd like to see like an intranet for lost and found items where taxi companies could actually go and, and view and see the, re- the reported items that were lost. And, and call us and say, "Hey, I have that black jeans. I have that jacket. You know, um, right now we don't have that that skill, but it's something that's coming. So we're dealing with it. And just
1: so people know, and who's in the audience and watching tonight, if you know what taxi were you in, you were in, and you lost something, it's best to call that company directly. That's always the best thing to do. If you don't know, then call three one one. But clearly, if you know what what color scheme you were in, it's best to call that color scheme directly. I think that's legitimate advice given just the reality of the situation.
17: The rule we have is if it's within six hours they call us so we can literally get that vehicle down to 850 Bryant Street so we could do an inspection. So, Well um,
1: for a lost and found you wouldn't be inspecting I'm talking about lost and found. Yes,
17: here. right. Somebody lose, like for instance last, uh, uh, last Thursday a person came from the airport and lost their passport in the cab. So they contacted 311, 311, immediately contacted us. We pulled the cab off the street and we searched the vehicle attempting to locate the passport. So actually within six hours, we will bring them to the detail to see if we can locate the property.
0: But That's an important note. Um, Anyone who's watching, if they're in a taxi cab vehicle, they should always look and be aware, what company taxi cab am I in and what is the medallion number? Because we get a lot of complaints on 3-1-1 where there's absolutely no identification of the vehicle, and it makes it really hard to even track, if it's a serious complaint, definitely, and for lost and found, especially. So So people are encouraged to be aware of their surroundings.
17: In our training class, uh, Officer McAvekas tells every new driver that you are responsible for the property left in your cab and tells every new driver that before the customer leaves, you are to check the back seat, you are to check the trunk. And it may be something at some point where we need some kind of legislation, but we will make the drivers accountable. Also with the 311, I'd also like to bring up a point of customer service. Uh, What we're finding is a lot of folks that do know the color scheme, they will call the company and say, a driver was rude to me. A driver overcharged me. It seems like the industry now is simply saying to that person, call 311. They handle the complaints. We don't. If we could get the color schemes to take some responsibility on misconduct by their employees, that would help reduce the amount of 311 complaints, and that would help us get the backlog taken care of. If they don't want to, if they don't want to deal with that, then we can. But I'm just saying that's a, a saying. That is something that we hear over and over again. That the person with a complaint will call the color scheme, and they will be told, "Sorry, we don't do that anymore. 311 is who you call."
1: Thank you. Anyone else wants to public comment on this? Please.
10: Very briefly, uh, I generally a lot of times don't agree with Yellow Cab, but this time I do. Mr. Gillespie is right. Based on the number of cab fares on a daily basis, I think the relative complaint level is low. I think if you're looking at serious crimes, That this is the first time the taxi detail has really gone into depth to basically analyze and catch a lot of these people. If you go back here a number of years, it's probably been going on for a number of years and a lot of these people weren't checked. But based on the number of passengers that taxis pick up, the rate's low. If you look at the Office of Citizen complaints on the police department, they're backlogged up to a year and a half sometimes on reports on police problems of people complaining. So when you give the public an avenue to complain, they will complain. And a lot of times those complaints aren't serious, but sometimes they are. And that's basically all all there is to it. So I think on a relative basis that you have a system in place, and it's working. And I think nothing more can be said in that nature. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Real fast on... enforcement and complaints. It would be nice if just a couple times a month the police chief would simply say, you know, because we are under the control of every police officer, every motorcycle cop, every black and white that's on traffic patrol, take 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever, go to the hotel lines, go down to the airport, pull an empty cab over, just check the way bill, check his driver's license, do a few things like that, and when these ladies and gentlemen know that somebody is paying attention, Hopefully, they'll read the book twice. All right, thanks.
1: Thank you.
13: Well, it's a good issue uh, about the brokers. These people who are doing the broker job, most of them are not sophisticated. When UTW took from Walsh the medallions, that was the broker deal, the real broker deal. And that was the thing, when this taxi commission said, it's okay to do this way, that medallion, I should say no. The language was clear, it's assigned to UTW, and UTW is a broker in that case, and it gave me a chance to file that case for Sergeant Reynolds to look into that case also. The taxi school asked me if I request on this issue to add up another day, and not only for our flag at taxi but all the other schools, to add a day or two more for the driver's training. They say what we are pushing in this number of four days is not right at this moment. And they said it's not going through the driver's mind. We are just speeding up. Please look into that. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Anyone else? Public comment on this? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Next item? Item seven.
0: The next item is item seven, consideration of proposed ordinance 080438, prohibiting smoking in enclosed areas certain unenclosed areas, and sports stadiums. So this item um, is an ordinance that has received um, national press, I guess, um, and it's been heard at several commissions. Um, it, uh, um, It was at first reading today at the Board of Supervisors, and unfortunately I didn't have a chance to watch the hearing due to meetings. Uh, but there's another reading uh, next Tuesday. Um, so basically the reason it's here is because essentially um, it would um, it would ban uh, smoking in um, in taxi cabs. Um, the reason is because um, the, the policy behind the legislation is not only for health reasons of uh, drivers. Um, drivers, as we know, don't have a health care plan and uh, so are especially susceptible to the rising costs of health care. If drivers were to, um, you know, have cancer or other uh, ailments from smoking, um, presumably as a class they would have less opportunity to receive care for those conditions. Um, Additionally, uh, people um, complain about the odors in taxicab vehicles. Now, currently we do have a rule on the book about odors, a taxi cab must be free of offensive odors. Um, So there is a rule on the book about that. Um, Also, there's a rule that a taxi cab driver has to stop, I believe that a taxi cab driver has to stop smoking if requested to do so by a passenger. Um, So, but uh, most, some drivers, not most, some drivers drive around and they smoke in their cabs and then when a person gets in, they put the cigarette out the window or throw it away and so this this would um, prohibit that that behavior um, so let me see if I can find the exact um, portion of the legislation which governs. Yeah.
3: Uh, it, while you're looking for that, I, I apologize. I had to step out for a second. But did you already say what happened at the board of
0: supervisors today? It's on. Um, it's an ordinance so requiring two two readings, and the first one was today. And unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch it on the internet. Yeah, but it'll, they'll vote again on. Oh, do you know what right? the vote is? Well, I I, I remember some just some of the discussion. I actually thought they referred it back to a committee that they were hearing. That was before they went on recess. And what happened was they did refer it to committee. However, um, Chris Daly, the sponsor of it, requested that it be removed from committee and um, put forward to the whole board. They can do that. They, they, ha- they have that right in their procedures. And that's, what, that's exactly what happened.
3: Right. So, so what I'm hearing you say is there was a vote taken today, and then the, the next time they meet will be the finalization of that vote. It's not really a hearing. No public can speak at it. And uh, so, if we want to do anything, it'll be through a letter.
0: Uh, yeah, we would make. Okay. You could you could vote tonight. You you can vote and you can um, you hear public comment, public testimony about the issue, and whatever your comments are. Definitely, I will uh, uh, most assuredly tomorrow morning will be my first first duty to forward them, owing to the fact that next if Tuesday. If we decide is to do that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And actually, it's on page 13. Um, is 19b, and it states, smoking is prohibited at all times in taxi cabs and other motor vehicles for hire, as defined in the police code, whether owned or leased by the driver, whether or not occupied by one or more passengers, and whether or not in operation.
3: So this would mean um, for all the drivers out at the airport that they could not smoke standing by their car. Because they would be in a standing place. Now, they
0: would be standing by the car, so the way I read this is that um, they would not be, quote, in the taxi cab or other motor vehicle for hire. This prohibits it at all times in taxi cabs and other motor vehicles for hire. Well, I guess standing. what's
3: what's debatable for me is down in C the last line there. In addition, smoking is prohibited within 20 feet of ticketing, boarding, or waiting areas of uh, public transit systems. Now that's debatable. Are taxis public or private?
0: That wouldn't actually be. Um, that probably would not be be um, applicable because. Um, not so sure. It's not a service waiting area for the public to actually enter when they're in the cab lot. Like the, the passengers can't come into the cab lot. The cabs are just standing there waiting. So
3: As I read this whole thing, though, it's not just about public access to things. It's also in the privacy of your own backyard. If you're too close to a neighbor, you can't smoke there either. So it's. Uh, that's debatable for me, that, that part there, whether it would prohibit smoking while they were waiting at the airport, which is just an issue.
6: So, I'm sorry, we're going to go to public comment. Well, you can smoke, and you can't smoke at the airport anyway.
1: Thank you. So this will be for us tonight. If we want to take a position on it, we can. If we don't want to take a position on it, we don't have to.
0: That's right whatever you'd like to do we We were (laughs) (laughs) supervisor Daly's office inquired um if we uh if we wanted if you wanted to take a position um and yes uh putting private habits aside as making your determination hopefully
1: well i'll weigh in on this i just I guess I feel like it's overly restrictive yeah. that tobacco is a legal product and it's, it's almost getting into these people's lives to the extent that is, you know, I can understand no smoking in public buildings and in theaters and in stuff where air is common, but if a cab driver wants to smoke in his vehicle when there's no one in there, it's not a very wise choice for his health, but I don't see where the government has any role in prohibiting it. Even if there's a passenger wants to smoke and the driver has no problem with it I don't really have a problem with that as long as it's mutual I I do believe that any passenger has a right to uh, require that the driver do not smoke and that's already in our our regulations but I think this is a level of intrusion into personal freedom for a legal product that I just can't really support
3: Don't we allow um, no smoking signs in taxi cabs already? Absolutely. A
1: driver can prohibit it in his vehicle if it's his choice, and a a passenger can prohibit a driver from smoking as their choice. But, you know, should we prohibit a driver from smoking when there's no one in the vehicle, or should we prohibit a passenger from smoking if the driver doesn't have a problem with it? That's the question here for us. I mean, notwithstanding all the other provisions of this, this regulation, which I just, again, my libertarian side is coming out here maybe.
0: The Small Business Commission may interest you to know, um, I heard this legislation, and the main problem that they had with it is that it made businesses into enforcers. Yep. So, like, a business, say you're a club owner, this is a really big problem. Like, people are just waiting to get in, standing outside. They would be smoking, and then that club owner would actually have to enforce you know because there could be a resident who lives nearby who's really angry about the smoke or whatever that person this was, again I'm, this is the small business commission's viewpoint that person could then get on the business hey you're not enforcing this law and the business is like I have no control over these people I mean sure I'm trying to maintain order in the line but you know um, it's it's a problem so that's that was their perspective um, they sent it back uh, opposed to the board so
16: How is this possibly going to be enforced? Well, that's that's
3: what bothers me. There's a private enforcement clause so that a private citizen, if they give you 20 days warning, they can actually um, throw a lawsuit against you. you
5: Yeah, it's just too much enforcement, I think. And uh, perhaps the city, you know, San Francisco City itself could try to create some kind of atmosphere that you know, people don't really feel like smoking. I, I mean, that's much be- better than just, just what are you going to do? Like if a driver asks a passenger like, not to smoke, and if they continue to do it, I mean, it's going to be a problem. I mean, just going to worry. I mean, enforcement becomes like a too much sometimes. I mean, I'm not a smoker, and I mean nicotine addiction, I mean, all these things, we can get into the details, but um, at this point, I just am not into, today we talked about enough of uh, violence, um, need of safety, enforcement, enforcement, enforcement. Uh, I don't know what the life quality of life means, and that kind of leaves me like perhaps we'll just kind of take a break and see like you know what the, what the consensus you know is from um, the board of supervisors and what they're going to decide. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to have more public speaking. Right in the meetings. So I'd like to hear that too. And I, I don't know how many people going to really, uh, I mean more and more, I see less and less people smoking. And regardless of enforcing, I think it's like a public education also it helps too, right? Through like a health department and things like that. So that's my thoughts.
1: Would either of the two smokers like to lie in? Or you want to lie in the cut here? This
12: this is
15: unenforceable. I mean, how how do you how do you stop somebody from smoking in a cab? You don't. Just driving
7: done. That's all you got to do. Forget (laughs) about it. what are we going to get smoking police now? We don't have anybody (laughs) to back a limousine. That's what I'm saying. It's unenforceable. You know,
15: as long if, if there's we already have the protection of the driver from the passenger if required. We have the protection from the passenger to the driver if required. But if you know, other than that, what else do you need? You know, you have to have somebody filing a complaint. If nobody's complaining, what are you going to enforce? Presenting adults. Why go anywhere with it?
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to take public comment before we weigh in on this as a commission. If there's anyone who would like to public comment for one minute,
3: <laughs> state whether you're non-smoker or smoker. <laughs> uh.
10: Excuse me, let me put this back there. I don't know if there's that microphone in the mail. I don't know, I know I me mean too, but. Commissioners, it's pretty obvious that a lot of the commissioners on this panel do not drive taxis outside of Mr. Gillespie here. Have you ever driven a taxi after a smoker, particularly a cab driver who's a smoker for eight to nine hours? It smells like an ashtray. It doesn't go away. Passengers get into the taxi and then they get out they don't even tell you why they grab another cab because it smells like a garbage can after eight hours of smoking and some of these taxi drivers I'm not going to get into what or where or how they got educated but they actually close all the windows while they smoke you just have a little breeze coming into the cab while the cab gets permeated with tobacco smoke we all know it's illegal to smoke on a bus, it's illegal to smoke in a building the governor smokes in smoking tents I smoke a cigar every now and then, but I never do it around anybody. And, I, and But if you get into a taxi today, it should be banned. They want to smoke, and the driver wants to smoke. Let them smoke outside the taxi. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Next speaker.
6: Good evening, gang commissioners. I'm an ex-smoker. I used to smoke two packs a day. I now let people smoke in my cab if they want to, and right after they get out I deodorize the cab. I carry a, I carry a cam with me at all times. Takes away all smells. It's that easy. You can't police it, but if, if you tell people not to smoke but you they usually won't. But if they do, if they want to, I let them and I spray the cab out afterwards. Thanks. Right.
1: Thank you. Some of those chemicals bother me more than the tobacco.
18: Exactly. The spray is probably worse than the cigarette smoke. The best thing about having a medallion is I have power and control. I made Dan put it in the contract, no smoking in this cab. And, it, you know, people get in, they go, oh, this cab smells really good. They, you know, they said these other cabs are just funky. I can't believe you, you feel okay about this, Paul, if you're not a smoker. Because, I mean, the cabs, it just, it, it just ruins the cabs, and the smell stays in there. And... Um, you know, my, my ex-husband died of cancer at age 50. I've got a friend with lung cancer now, getting chemo. Um, and I got, you know, had another friend, an older man with emphysema, and, uh, another friend I have has, you know, COPD. It's, it's a, it's a really bad way to go. So, uh, and I, personally, I'm really allergic to cigarette smoke, and I just, I can't even be around any, any, the smell, um, will make me sick. So, I'm really in favor of this, and I, I don't think I don't think you can get too extreme about cigarette smoking because I, it's just it's foul, it's bad. I, it, it just is bad.
1: Thank you.
25: <coughs> uh, good evening, commissioners. Um, I'm a non-smoker too, but actually tonight I'm actually going to be uh, pro Paul Gillespie. I actually agree with him. The, the Californians do not legislate what we do in our bedrooms as long as we don't hurt somebody else. And, how, and also, we, we should not say what happens in our vehicles. And a taxi cab is somewhat a personal vehicle between the driver and the passenger. And I think that it's, it's already in our rules that if, if the passenger says the driver shouldn't smoke, the driver should not smoke. However, there are a lot of people who have smoking cabs. They, they come from a nightclub or a bar or out to dinner and they want to be able to smoke on the way home and the driver smokes, why can't the passenger smoke? I think there's, I heard it also, it, and also the discussion about this maybe mute point if the supervisors voted today not to pass it because I've been reading that many of the supervisors think that it goes too far. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Is there anyone else who wants to comment? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Um, do we want to have a motion on this? And I a
5: move, move what? <laughs> to, to wait until board of supervisors to take no action. no, yeah, no action, take no action on our level, and wait. Well, the
1: consensus that I heard was that we opposed this legislation. So
5: that's what I'm saying. So on our level, you know, we. Well, then we.
1: I would think that then we would take have a resolution saying that we oppose the passage of this resolution. That's
0: that correct. A, okay. Taking no action would mean that you just, that we don't, just don't do anything. Weigh in. We don't right. feel
1: like it's in our jurisdiction, but it is really in our jurisdiction in a way. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I think the consensus was is that it went too far. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't want anybody to uh, confuse my – I don't smoke and I don't – I'll let people smoke when I'm driving. But I'm, again, I'm more of a libertarian on this issue when it comes to what people can do when they have a legal product and – yeah, it so should be self-motivated. Yeah, so I personally would support a resolution that, that opposed this, this ordinance.
3: Right. I think the legislation is too restrictive in, in its entirety. Um, I think what we've discussed here is that the uh, Taxicab Commission has ways of offering solutions to drivers and passengers that are, it is not necessary to, to legislate at this point. That's that's how I feel.
1: Do we need a more complex resolution with those kind of whereas clauses, or do we just want a simple resolution?
3: I I think that might be moot if we (laughs) wait for another couple of weeks. I mean, we're not going to
5: have, like, a cab, like, for smoking and non-smoking passengers.
1: Would you like (laughs) to make a simple resolution then, Commissioner Reslin, (laughs) Vice President? Okay. Or so, Commissioner Pack.
5: Okay. So, uh, as a commission, taxi commission, uh, we can oppose uh, the resolution by board of supervisor because it's too restrictive.
1: Is there a second for that? Uh,
3: if I could add a friendly mo- amendment, yes, I would taxi. like to just say, and uh, these issues are, are re- resolved reasonably at the taxi commission level, and solutions are offered yes, uh, to, my, to yes. um, drivers and passengers alike. Right.
1: With that friendly amendment, is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes.
3: And I, I would like to. S- you said no?
0: no. he's saying he's not opposed to it. Oh, okay. and, and
3: I would like to say that for any of you who remember her, Kathleen Harrington would be very proud of the stance you took here, um, since she always felt that it was uh, something that was legal is not supposed to be legislated against.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. For bringing up Kathleen. We all have fond memories of Kathleen. I do at least. Okay, next item.
0: Yes, uh, the final item. Well, almost. Consideration of possible working group for taxi wrap benefit fund to determine disposition of funds collected from taxi wraps. And this is an information and discussion item. Um, Basically, uh, Commissioner Gillespie and I discussed this. Um, We feel that you know, we really need some public input. Um, We had asked, um, pursuant to the commission's direction, I had asked drivers to weigh in on some possible uses for the taxi driver wrap funds, and we did get some suggestions, you know, um, but uh, as I outlined in a prior memo to you, there are uh, many possible ways of administering these funds, as well as, um, that's just the administration of the funds, and then, of course, there are many possible ways of allocating these funds, and so we'd definitely like to have some assistance in making those decisions so that people feel that they're part of the public process um, and we get the valuable input from the industry on the proper disposition of the funds.
1: Right. And that's, I just second everything you just said. And just the reason this is on the agenda is just to make people aware that Director Thigpen and I are probably going to, well, that's what the point of this, this moment here is, is to make, the industry aware that we do want to put together a working group so that it'll have a wide variety of drivers who will have a chance to look at some of the proposals that are out there and weigh in on it. You know, we don't, haven't really worked out the formality of, of how formal a working group this is going to be, but we just want to put it out there that this is something that I feel like we should address before we get merged into the MTA because it was something that was, came out of this commission and uh, would be only right that we Bring forward some recommendations for how this money is used. So our staff is working on the exact amount of money that's in this fund and wh- how it could possibly, some of the legal implications, but the point of this agenda item is to announce to the industry that we were thinking about forming this working group and that we th- feel like that's the best way to go when we uh, make a recommendation on this. I
0: did check with the city attorney and um, regarding the composition of the body because... Um, as happened with the Taxi Advisory Group at MTA, at SFMTA, um, because Mr. Ford appointed that, it's not subject to, you know, the more stringent reporting minutes requirements, public noticing, etc. Today, I had a conversation with Paul Zarewski, and he informed me of a very interesting fact, which I did not know, that committees and, um, you know, policy bodies formed by a commission do not have to produce minutes. That um, the fact that we've been doing so all these times has been, you know, just out of our own, you know, extra public noticing, but it's not required. The only thing that's required is the compliance with the the 72 hours. Um, So, you know, it it, would not, we we are trying, we have a lot of subcommittees right now in this commission, a lot of responsibilities. So, extra work for staff as far as like minutes, et cetera, is a lot. So, that's why we were trying to. Uh, you know, n- maybe appoint it through through me so that we wouldn't have to do the minutes, not ch- to try to avoid scrutiny, but only to save that extra resource. Since we don't have to produce minutes, it's no problem at all to comply with the noticing requirements, and we, in fact, we would want to do that. We would do it anyways, even if we weren't required to, just to encourage people to come. Um, so, uh, maybe at the next meeting, maybe I could post something on the website, and maybe at the next meeting...
3: I ha- I'm sorry, but I... What- I have
0: no idea. What is a taxi wrap? Okay. <laughs> we yeah, uh, that's right. we
3: done
1: years it. ago when yeah, we when cab it. companies <laughs> began to wrap their taxis in advertising, okay. we struck a deal with the <laughs> advertising companies that they would donate a hundred dollars per cab per month to a fund to benefit drivers and that fund has a certain amount of money into it and we need to determine how that money will be spent and so that's why we want to put this committee of drivers together to review proposals so that's really the whole point of this agenda item and so hopefully the word will get out anyone who's interested in participating as a driver and having their input and being on this panel they'll know that we are going to form this group.
3: Can I just throw something out there? I consider um, all of us as commissioners as really just the Care, caretakers, the safeguarders of this fund. Um, I, I do consider this that, uh, a fund of, that should be mainly determined by those that put, it, put into it and by those that were um, designated to receive the benefit of it. So because of that, I don't think that this um, working group should have a balanced proportion or anything of commissioners, I think the ideas should come from uh, the drivers and the owners and the people that uh, put this fund together.
0: You know, we'll
1: have... I I appreciate that.
0: I just want to make one more comment on the record um, just because I I have to do this to, you know, um, just because I have to do it. Uh, I wrote a memorandum previously on this issue, but, um, you know, and, and I would just... I'll distributed again, but I would just want to confirm that all of the comments regarding the legal status of the funds, et cetera, that I made in that memorandum, I again validate those comments here and again on this record. Yeah. Um, I won't get into the details because of the late hour, but I stand by everything in that prior memorandum as far as the status of these funds. Um, it's just important for me to note that for legal reasons um, because I wouldn't be doing my diligence as an executive director if I didn't.
1: Okay, is there any other, any public comment on this? Seeing none. Oh, yep. Mark. Uh, one minute.
9: Uh, Mark Ruber, um I think you should follow your previous um, practice and uh, have minutes of these meetings. It, it might be an additional uh, burden upon staff, and I recognize that, but uh, it's really the only way that... Uh, the, you know uh, there 's a larger um, outreach to the public as to uh, what is going on at the meetings. The second thing i 'd like to say is there hasn 't been any definition of who is going to serve on this and i 've heard references to this will be a group of drivers and then I heard uh, Commissioner Breslin refer to drivers and owners and I would just like to point out that this is really a driver 's fund that uh, the, the the cab companies have reaped Uh, the lion's share of the benefits of these wraps uh, through the advertising revenues and this small portion, this small fraction was put aside for driver's purposes and drivers should be the ones to decide uh, how it's
13: used. Thank Thank you.
1: Anyone else? Yes.
13: Sorry I was not going to go at this time but let me say. First of all, Instead of thinking too much about this item, it's not too much money, why not to give back to the driver in the shape of their A-card fees reduction. So this year when they come for renewal, they don't have to pay $60, they might have to pay 10 $15 and they'll be really, really happy for this taxi commission. Now if we say, okay, we make a memorial, we make this, we make that design, we make that painting, hey, they want cash show me the money is the game of the taxi. So just give them back, and this taxi commission will be remembered forever. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Make sure you get on that committee to so hear your ideas. Anyone else, Barry?
13: Um, in
25: this committee, when this fund was established. It was established because the drivers were not benefiting financially from driving around with a vehicle, with a wrap. So this is the way of putting the money aside to pay drivers as a whole for the fact that they weren't really directly financially benefiting from it. So I think it's important that drivers get to make the decision and that it go to something of a hardship case or something like that. And I think that this group should make the decision and not here tonight. Thank you.
1: That's the idea. Anyone else? Mary, do you want to speak on this?
18: Agree with uh, uh, actually Mark Gruber. What a surprise! And Gary, uh, uh, I think t- the drivers should have a par- part of this. And uh, I, I had always liked the idea of uh, may, you know doing maybe a scholarship fund, something like that, uh, for drivers' children. There's just there's there's so many wonderful things we could do. But uh, I agree with those guys. that Drivers should be a part of this process. Yes.
1: Again. That's the whole point of this agenda item: is to create a committee that has drivers and to put the idea out that we're looking for drivers who want to serve on this committee. Okay. Thank you.
0: I'll do a blast fax um, regarding yeah. that. Yeah, I think yeah.
1: that would be good, and just you know, direct uh, inquiries to our office, and we can maintain a list of people who want to participate, and hopefully, we won't have to restrict it at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Next item.
0: The next item is adjournment. Wow.
1: Nine twenty-eight.
5: SFGTV. San Francisco <laughs> Government <laughs> Television.